bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Break the Bell Podcast. Holy shit, there's a spider crawling on my notebook. That's a hell of a way to start a show. No kidding. Yeah, and then it just disappeared, too. Yes, you're probably wide awake now. I am. <laughs> God. <laughs> Welcome back, ev- ladies and gentlemen, and the spider, to the Break the Bell podcast. He just wants to participate. It's, uh, yeah. It's Who our- doesn't? Who doesn't? Really? He is, he's our guest host, yes. the spider. At least he's not, <laughs> yes. like, dangling down in the camera right. line like yeah, he has I know. before. I know. And usually <laughs> I'll be sitting here talking. You can just tell. I'll just be like... Yeah, and it's just like, Bill, are you looking at another spider? It is. Yes, it, yes, you, this is your fault because you mentioned today that it is yes. big spider season coming yes, up. it is. It and is. I, and I was big. like, I have yes. not seen any big spiders yeah, that's yet. That's all you're going to see now. Spider just freaking crawled yeah. across my lap. Yeah, we, we should have <laughs> sprayed in here before. Um, how's everybody doing? We are live once again. We are yeah. we're done we're with vacations. Here. We are both here. Vacations are yes. over, Bill. Yes, our summer vacations are over. Yes, we have more trips and stuff yeah. coming up, I'm but, sure. But yeah. but that but not for a while. Vacation season is over. It is, unfortunately. You have us all for a while. Yes. Um, no yes. me doing a session without no. you, you doing without no. me. No, that's that's all done. But because we're so committed to the show, we make it work. We did. And yes. We delivered on time as yeah. as usual. Uh, there hasn't been a time that we really haven't been too on time. No. So no. we yeah we've always we've always been able to produce. That's how committed we are to you people. Yeah. So be committed to us. Share the shit around. Yes. Um, freaking go find your friends and your grandmas and and your wives. Maybe not the wives because no. they're gonna be like, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> But definitely your grandmas, for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. your grandmas. Your grandmas <laughs> would appreciate this. How's it going, Bill? Um, I'm doing good. I feel like we've kind of not been together. I mean, we I were, were together Monday. Well, yeah, but but it was like, okay, so I, w- I was in Vegas, and then I get back, and then I, I was... Well, like, you got back late. I got back late, and so, yeah, and then I was gone Tuesday, so I didn't get back till Wednesday. So then there was like three days, and then I I was gone all the following week. And then, and then I you did, were gone. Well, that yeah. Then we came together for last week's episode. That's right. That's right. And then I left like yeah. four hours later. Right. And now we're officially we're back. The boys are back in town. Yes. Yes. So crazy shit going on this week. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Number one in particular, we all knew it was coming. We though. did. We did. We did. It, is is the bullshit in Afghanistan? And this one hits me a little personal. Yeah. I right. didn't go to Afghanistan. I was in the Marines. That's why there's the the big flag back there. Right. I didn't end up going there, whether mm-hmm. that's a good thing or a bad thing. When I was in it, it felt like a bad thing. It's like, I just want to deploy. But now right, looking right, yeah. back on it, it's just like, yeah. man, I'm glad I didn't really have to get sent to right. any place like that. Yeah. So, um, But I do know a lot of people that did spend time yeah. in Afghanistan. And a lot of people listening also know people... Right or are people that yeah. spent time in Afghanistan? Yeah, so I had I had friends over in Afghanistan. So I, yeah, I I feel their pain. Yeah. So, um, it, it is kind of personal for me, and it's kind of personal for you, mm-hmm. and for people listening. So this is kind of it's a subject. It's a sore subject right yeah. now. It it I mean, there's the co- comparisons between the pullout of Afghanistan and the Vietnam War. They're yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I kind of probably I feel. Like we we probably feel how the 
the people involved in the Vietnam War felt right. when we pulled out with to no avail, basically yeah. no mission accomplished, any any kind right. of scenario like that. Um, I don't feel like the troops here have the same sentiment towards them coming home that the Vietnam uh, no. the troops. In- I, I think some do. So, I mean, think there, so? I think there are some. I, I think a lot of the. Uh, the controversies died down, you know, ap- since Bush has been gone. I, well, I really don't think. Because remember when when Bush was in office, it was like there was weekly updates of fatalities and mm. injuries, and then once Bush was gone and, and Obama came in, you just didn't you didn't hear about any yeah. of that stuff as yeah, much. Yeah, we just kind of put it on the back burner, right. even though that war just kept right. It, it was going, there. I mean, going right, and it gets to the point where it's like we're still in Afghanistan, right, right. But I don't think a lot of the anti. Afghanistan war sentiment was really focused towards the troops coming home, but more no. towards like the government officials right. that yeah. were keeping the us politics there. Of the it. politics yeah. of it, right? Like that. No, so. I feel like I feel like I feel like like support for the troops has been there, but y- you really see like a, a separation from um, you know like you, you don't see like. Like after nine eleven, right? There was all these military shows that came out, like mm-hmm. JAG and and um, I I don't know. There was quite a few others, and then after they got Osama bin Laden, there was all these SEAL team shows that came mm-hmm. out, and you don't see a lot of that on TV anymore. No, right? And I know, like one of my complaints, you know, with, with GI Joe, you know, they got the the movie came out is like they really separate themselves from the military, really. And yeah. so I, I I feel like. Even though public support for the military is strong, I feel like pop culturally they 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 try to separate the military and try to not to glorify it as much. Yeah, no, I I, I can understand that. What's interesting is last week when we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, you're like, well, the Taliban's kind of kicking off in. Yeah, is it Taliban or Taliban? I uh, I, I prefer the George Tal- Bush, <laughs> like What's the it? Taliban. Taliban. That's that. I prefer the George Bush yeah. sentiment of it. I, that, I, there was a, a DJ that did a, 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 a like pretend like Taliban, but they had them like a call center and someone called me like Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But like I was saying though, we we're trying to think of something to talk about last week, and you're like, well, the Taliban is kicking off, right? Back off in um, Afghanistan as mm-hmm. we're starting to pull out, and I'm like. I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. I, I don't think there's enough here to talk about, and I feel like more is going to happen, right. and then we're already go- going to have talked about it. Right. And so to do another show about it will kind of be yeah. re- redundant. And yeah. then this week came, and it's like, oh, shit, we got to talk right. about the Taliban. Yeah. So if you don't know already, if you haven't figured it out, this week we are going to be talking about what's going on in Afghanistan. This 20 years... Hundreds of thousands of lives, billions of dollars spent, four presidents, and all of the, I don't know if you could even say progress, what they, I think what they would consider, what they wanted us to believe was progress, but probably whitewashed throughout the years. Yeah. Whatever you can consider progress, out the window in a matter of what, days? Oh, yeah, right. Weeks, maybe? Yeah, what Biden said, that they thought 90 days, and it was like 72 hours. Yeah. Before we get into that, we obviously have to mention our Coffee Fix of Freedom. If you don't want to spend 20 years fighting for freedom, <laughs> and you'd rather go about achieving freedom in a much, uh, supporting freedom in a much more efficient way than supporting freedom through 20 years of endless war, drink Run Your Mouth Coffee because they're the official coffee of freedom. Yes. 
much more efficient way of achieving freedom. Absolutely. Don't yeah. spend 20 years. No. no. Get online right now in a matter of minutes. Y- you know what? 20 seconds and you could ach- uh, support I freedom. I won't say that. That would be in bad taste. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'd be like, you know what the Afghanis really need? <laughs> God. <laughs> I was I was teetering on that. I was see see I'm sitting on the line. I'm pushing the line. You're like fuck it. Going <laughs> let's over let's the do line. this. Twenty seconds you can can support freedom by going to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code Break the Bell. It's delicious coffee. They support all the freedoms, specifically free speech. They support the things that we are doing right now, just completely running our mouths and Absolutely. having the freedom to do it. That's, exactly. That's uh, the on name. this very show that is not government sanctioned. Yes. So go to rymcoffee.com, support freedom in a matter of 20 seconds, not 20 years. And <laughs> Perfect. achieve better goals. Yes, yes. Longer lasting ones. Yes. <laughs> I... That's all I got for that. R-Y-M-Coffee.com. I, I thought that was perfect. I, I was going to try to transition the, the whole spider thing, waking you up, but I felt it was too soon. It was so too I'm soon. I'm glad that you brought it up no. with the uh, Afghanistan. The spider was too soon. Yeah. We're going to go with Afghanistan. I, I like it. <laughs> That's us playing it safe. Yes. <laughs> Once again, check us out all over social media. We're on Twitter. We're on MeWe. We're on Facebook, Instagram, with the handle at BreakTheBellPod. Check us out. I guess you probably won't be disappointed, but if, even no, if you are disappointed, no. check it out anyway. You, you won't be disappointed. Smack Maybe. smack it hard. Smack that like and share button so we can get our name around there more and more and more. And more people can enjoy this ridiculous bullshit that we, we do yes. every single we week. we like to enjoy. We do. I think it's about time to get into the show. So we we got a lot to cover. We're going to talk some about like some modern history of yeah. Afghanistan, the history, like the buildup of the Taliban. Taliban, Taliban. Uh, I'm going to go with Taliban. Taliban. That's just what I'm going with. Okay. And then how we got to, through the 20-year endless war, to modern day, the shit that's going on right now. The modern day shit show. The inevitable shit that's going on right now. Yes, So we're going to get into this intro, and when we come back, we will talk Afghanistan. Let's do it. Let's do it. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. Good afternoon. On my orders. The United States military has begun strikes against al-Qaeda terrorist training camps and military installations of the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. In the months ahead, our patience will be one of our strengths. Patience with the long waits that will result from tighter security. Patience in understanding that it will take time to achieve our goals. We will not waver. 
we will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Peace and freedom will prevail. Good evening. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of al-Qaeda. In Afghanistan, we removed the Taliban government, which had given bin Laden and al-Qaeda safe haven and support. Tonight, we are once again reminded that America can do whatever we set our mind to. The consequences of a rapid exit are both predictable and unacceptable. No one denies that we have inherited a challenging and troubling situation in Afghanistan. Our troops will fight to win. We will fight to win. From now on, victory will have a clear definition. Attacking our enemies, obliterating ISIS, crushing al-Qaeda, preventing the Taliban from taking over Afghanistan. I believed that our presence in Afghanistan should be focused on the reason we went in the first place, to ensure Afghanistan would not be used as a base from which to attack our homeland again. We did that. We accomplished that objective. We cannot continue the cycle of extending or expanding our military presence in Afghanistan, hoping to create ideal conditions for the withdrawal and expecting a different result. The American people did not choose this fight. It came to our shores. We did not ask for this mission, but we will fulfill it. Well, they fucked that up. <laughs> and with that, we are back. Four presidents, 20 years. All on the same page. All on the Democrats same. and Republicans. That's like, wow, this is like world peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to fight, and we will win. We will not tire. We will not falter. We will achieve our goals. We have clear objectives. Yes. We will obliterate. The funny thing is... I think since probably 2002, I think since we initially um, shifted from Afghanistan into Iraq, I think the clear-cut goals were all out the window Right at that point. Yeah, right. Like, the clear-cut goal was to um, push the Taliban and al-Qaeda out of Afghanistan. Right. And we did that yeah. really quickly. Right. Yeah. And then after that... Unfortunately, they just ran next door. Yeah. Yeah. And rebuilt, regrouped. Well, yeah. And, and you know, Pakistan's an ally. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't going to go into Pakistan right. and, and do what needed to be done. But there's just so much lip service between all four presidents, oh, yeah. all, right. all the administrations about, like, hey, we got these clear-cut goals. Right. Nobody knew what the clear-cut goals no. were. I mean, you even had... Trump saying, I didn't agree with going to this war in the first place, but right. we can't pull out because we have to win, and we're going right. to win. Right. And here we are today. Yeah, not winning. We won. Did we win? Would you say no. we won that war? No. When? No. I, but but it's, it's not be, for lack, and it's, it, you can't compare it to Vietnam. No? It, no, you can't, because it, it was, it's... It's it was a political decision, whereas Vietnam was was public opinion. Mm -hmm. This is one where it's like, look, they're trying to make some 
earned some points. We've read some other things where there may be some other things going on under the surface, which we'll get to. I, I feel like this is a, a this is a failure of of the, the government, of the politics yeah. of it. If they were supporting Afghanistan the way they were supporting Israel, right, right. Do you feel like this would still be an issue? No. Because everything I heard is that they left the Afghani military without proper weapons, without ammunition, without um Well, the weapons supplies. that they did leave, the Afghan soldiers just Well, they left. took them, right. Well, yeah. they just left them there. Yeah, right. They just <laughs> they surrendered them. them. Right. And but I you know, I heard they didn't have food. Mm-hmm. You know, they were kind of left tits up and Yeah. And, you know, so So, I mean, we're going to get to the question. The big question, should we have been there in the first place, ever, initially? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we both are on the same side as, yeah. of that one. Yeah, we'll get there, but let's talk about everything. <laughs> okay. Like I said, we're going to talk about what's going on today, and we're gonna, we have to bring up some history, because yeah. a lot of people, I think, don't even really have much full understanding, really, of the Taliban right. yeah. today, especially the 20-some-year-olds that grew up post 911 right yeah. like which i mean yeah this is which is hard to believe it's been 20 years yeah so you got 19 year old kids that are getting out of going into the workforce that don't remember 911 weren't weren't alive during 911 so before we get to that history and really kind of explain what it was and where they came from and how this whole situation came about in Afghanistan because yeah. it's like it's Every good. other situation we've talked about, and because we talked about the history behind the Israel-Pakistan right. wars, the proxy wars there, we've talked about um, Syria, didn't we? The history yeah. on Syria. Yeah, we talked about all kinds of proxy wars, and this is just another yeah. one of those, this in my is opinion. And shaping up to be, yeah. and there's some back history here. It doesn't yeah. quite go back as far as I'm going to light my floor on fire. You are. Wow, those are pretty sparks. Yes, it's one of it was the spider's fault. Spider set me off this time. This one, like I said, doesn't go back in like centuries like the yeah. Israel Pakistan stuff does. But there is history here that we have to explain away before we can really yeah. fully understand what's going on in yeah. this country. You, you mean you mean Israel and Iran? No, it, not Pakistan. Israel and Palestine. Palestine. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Palestine. Right. Yeah. Too many Middle Eastern <laughs> countries that we've talked about in the no, last what okay. two months. We we've covered a lot of Middle East in a couple months here. Well, that, that's kind of been an issue, which is funny because you didn't hear much about it four years ago. Yeah, except last four years. And Trump was making all these deals. Remember, oh, yeah, the right. Middle East oh, was yeah, going to be at peace. Right. Yeah, I remember we did that show. Be like, wow, all these peace deals coming out. You know, what's what's the objective? What what is Trump getting out of it? Is what our question was. What's when's the other? What's the other shoe that's going to drop? Maybe in? he was just making it so the next guy that came in <laughs> that was probably exactly really it. shitty. <laughs> Here you go. So let's talk. <laughs> let's briefly talk about what's going on right now, and then we'll get into some of this history, and then we'll yep. bring it back around to today. And obviously, I got some conspiracy theory stuff to talk about because right. that's how my brain works. Absolutely. I mean. You sent me a picture of a Halloween ball that's going on, and it was like, Halloween ball 1984. I, I was like, Wait, I know, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Wh- what, why does it say 1984? And yeah. you're like, well, it's the 80s. <laughs> well, like, there's nine other 80s years you could have picked for that. And you're like, well, what about Thriller? Like Michael Jackson's Thriller. I was like, no, motherfucker, that was 82. 
Yeah, but you, then I'm pretty sure that 84 is generally no. the year that everybody considers like the best year of the 80s that's for not, music. That's not how my brain works. I, I know. I know exactly my where brain your brain goes. My brain goes full-blown Orwell. You were, you were all, you're like, fuck, this is, what, what, what does this group think? Yeah, what are they doing to us in this? But yeah, I got to bring up, I, I, this isn't a conspiracy theory podcast, but yeah. my brain works that direction. So I got to bring up some of the conspiracy side because there's probably a lot of legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. is what I come to find. So it's not like tinfoil hat conspiracy yeah. theories, but it's like the stories that they're not telling you, the side right. of it they're not telling you. Yeah. But first, let's pull up this New York Times article titled Afghanistan News, 20-year U.S. war ending as it began with Taliban ruling Afghanistan. Is that not the most fucking depressing thing you've no ever... I, I saw a meme today. It said, it was like... um. We went to Afghanistan so that the Afghanis wouldn't be ruled by the Taliban. Mm-hmm. But what they got out of it was 20 years of war and the Afghanis being ruled by the Taliban. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that as well. Yeah, so I'm going to pull this one up. It starts out, it says, As the Afghan president fled the country and the government crumbled, the U.S. military raced to evacuate diplomats and civilians from an increasingly panicked city. goes on to say the Taliban effectively sealed their control of Afghanistan on Sunday, pouring into the capital, Kabul. Is it Kabul or Kabul? Kabul. I'm going to say Kabul, because that's what I've always said. All right, Bush. (laughs) (laughs) And meeting little resistance as President Ashraf Ghani fled the country. The government collapsed and chaos and fear gripped the city, with tens of thousands of people trying to escape. The insurgents returned to power two decades after they were ousted, came came despite years and hundreds of billions of dollars spent by the U.S. to build up the Afghan government and its defense forces. In a lightning offensive, the Taliban swallowed dozens of cities in a matter of days, leaving Kabul as the last major redoubt of government control. I think that was when they initially took power. Kabul was the last place they... (laughs) Because they attacked and failed, and Mm -hmm. then they regrouped and reattacked and were successful. So says, on Sunday evening, former President Hamid Karzai announced on Twitter that he was forming a coordinating council together with Abdullah Abdullah. His parents were not original at, at all, all. At all. That's like, hey, look, this is a Bob Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so the former president was forming a coordinating council with Abdullah Abdullah, Abdullah chairman of the Afghan delegation to peace talks, and Golbuddin Hek Matyar, the leader of the Hezbi Islami Party, to manage a peaceful transfer of power. Mr. Karzai called on both government and Taliban forces to act with restraint. So the f- current president flees, right. leaves this former president. He's like, it's all yours. It's all <laughs> yours, man. And so he's just like, well, shit, I got nothing. We're going to have to figure out how to peacefully yeah. just give them power. Yeah. But the Taliban appeared to ignore his appeal and advanced into the city on its own terms. The Taliban's lead negotiator in talks with the government, Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar, congratulated all of Afghanistan for the victory. Now it will be shown how we can serve our nation. We can assure that our nation has a peaceful life and a better future. So, according to them, this is a better way for them. This is going to be lead to peace in Afghanistan. And can you blame them for that sentiment after 20 years of war? No, I, I don't blame them for that. I, my, my 
question would be, what is your idea of a peaceful future for Afghanistan? Well, it, I mean, are weddings being bombed? I, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> <They> saying. <might> <laughs> <be>. <laughs> I'm just saying, is that peaceful? Oh, like, no, like civilian no. weddings being bombed, hospitals no. being bombed, and and shit like that. Civilian hundreds of no, typically not thousands of civilians being moved out of the country. I mean. No, that's not peaceful either. It's, it's not. I'm but, not saying it's going to be more peaceful. I'm saying, by their point of view, by the Taliban's, or even a lot of the Afghan people that have experienced the yeah. civilian casualties and stuff, they might welcome this with open arms because when we get into the history of this, that's how the Taliban came to power in the first place. They just welcomed with them with open arms because there was so much shit going on. They're just like, it can't be worse than this. Yeah, but I mean that's when they went from warlords to Taliban, which they was definitely a big improvement for them. But now they're going from from warlords to the Taliban. <laughs> well, but but when you have I'm a group, I'm going to get in trouble up, because I'm I'm just at the point where I don't see the benefit of us having been there. No, I, and I agree completely. But we were there. And we mm-hmm. did change things, and we did allow them a certain amount of of stability that we all knew was going to go away as soon mm-hmm. as we left. But we also knew we couldn't stay there. So it, it you know, it's like that better to have love and lost. Well, is it because? Yeah. Well, and then you when you think about it, the Taliban's going to come in and change everything. Well, not only are they going to change it back to what it was, yeah. but. They're also going to probably find all the people that were supportive of the U.S. government. Absolutely. This is what they did when they came back the first time. Yeah. And they just executed them all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they were now the enemy. They were supporting mm-hmm. the enemy, so now they're the enemy. So you go from kind of a mistreated population back in the 90s, early yeah. 2000s, to us making it better for them, quote-unquote, but knowing inevitably it was gonna go that it was going to go back. Yeah. It goes back, and now all these people— that looked forward to this better life, this glimpse of of a better life, of Westernization, are just going to be murdered, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it does come back to: is it better to have loved and lost than never have loved at all? Like, what's better for them? Right. Would would they be better off to have just? I, I mean, maybe maybe the hope was. That, now I'm speaking hypothetically, hypothetically, and, and optimistically because I, I already know the answer to this. But maybe they had hoped by giving them that glimpse that they would fight harder for it. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, and that's kind of the sentiment of like our higher ups now. It's just like they gotta. They don't. They obviously don't want to fight for it themselves. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily the well, case. It, no, I, like, I, I don't. Like I don't. you said, a lot of the people were left with no food. Right. A lot of the Afghan troops haven't been paid in months, from right. what I've read. The exactly. police force hasn't been paid in months. Yeah. So. What would you do? Yeah, it's you know, like, would you sit and fight for a government that that's hasn't not been... even willing to pay you or right. feed you? Yeah, yeah, it, it's just like, well, they they don't want to fight for them. It's like they can only fight so much when they have jack shit, and you right. left them with exactly. when your own government's left you high and dry. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Goes on to say, there was no expectation that we would achieve victory in this war. This is the the Taliban guy talking but this came with the help of allah therefore we should be thankful to him be humble in front of him so that we do not act arrogantly al jazeera reported that it had interviewed taliban fighters who were holding a news conference in the presidential palace in kabul 
The fighters said they were working to secure Kabul so that leaders in Qatar and outside the capital could return safely. So a lot of the bigwigs of the Taliban are... Chilling in Qatar. Yep. And so they're they're securing the, the capital so they can move the bigwigs back. Yeah. It says Al Jazeera reported that the fighters had taken down the flag of Afghanistan. As it became clear that the Taliban fighters were entering Kabul, thousands of Afghans who had sought refuge... There, after the fleeing insurgents' brutal military offensive, watched with growing alarm as the local police seemed to fade from U.S. checkpoints, or usual checkpoints. The U.S. Embassy warned Americans to not head to the airport in Kabul after reports that the facility was taking fire and said the situation was changing quickly. Late Sunday, the U.S. State Department said that all embassy personnel had been evacuated. So, there's that. Here we are. Today. The capital has fallen back mm-hmm. to the Taliban. The government has crumbled apart. The government that we've been propping up for 20 years, yeah. almost 20 years. I mean, we didn't form the government immediately, but right. almost 20 years. Yeah. The president fled the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that say about him? No, do you, do you think it makes him look like a, a pussy? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he knew he, was, he would be assassinated, but, yeah. you know, I, I guess my question would be, why were they not paying their military? Why were they not paying their police force? Yeah. I mean, because, and I, I don't know if, I don't know what they did with the money, but we, we had talked about earlier that, you know, billions of dollars went to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of billions. Hundreds of, dollars. of billions of dollars. If not, maybe even a trillion. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. But we know a lot of money went to Afghanistan. And, you know, that wasn't enough to create some kind of industry to, you know, create some kind of econ- economy that they could pay their troops and, and treat them well, and I, I don't know. Ideally, yes, but again, it's it's kind of like what we talked about, Haiti. You you can throw money at it, but that doesn't right. no, I that doesn't that. fix a problem. Yeah, that doesn't instantly make them have a growing economy or a successful economy. Right? No, I know. So so this actually scrolling down uh, talks about why. President Ghani fled. He said in a statement on Facebook, see, even President Ghani's still using Facebook, so it's not just for old people. <laughs> How old is President Ghani? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he said, if I had stayed, countless countrymen would have been martyred and Kabul city would have been ruined, in which case a disaster would have been brought upon the city of five million. So he's saying he left to prevent more violence and more people from being uh, I, I, murdered. I, I think he left to prevent himself from being murdered. I don't think it's going to stop I think people so too. from being murdered. I think it was all selfish. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, there might have been more fighting if he had stayed. Yeah. More violence. But, yeah, I think it was all just him. Like, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. They're coming for me. So, let's just kind of recap. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I said, we're going to get into some more of the history. But let's kind of recap for just kind of talk about. Yeah. The Taliban. Okay. One thing I have to point out, and I shouldn't have to, but I feel today, like I said, a lot of people don't really fully understand the Taliban or who they were or where they came from or right. anything really about the war in Afghanistan yeah. if they're under the age of maybe 30. Right. One thing I feel like I need to point out, and this isn't to make people feel stupid, I just feel like it's necessary, the Taliban is not al-Qaeda. Right. 
A lot of people don't realize that. I don't or even ISIS. think or ISIS or ISIS. I don't even think we fully understood that in their like mid, like early two thousand. Yeah, I think after September eleventh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think they all kind of blended together. I think initially they they made it clear that Al Qaeda was the ones that attacked our building, mm-hmm. and the right. Taliban was harboring them. Right. But then as time went on it kind of merged into it's like well why are we fighting the taliban right. well because of 9 11 it's right. like wait yeah um oh okay that makes sense yeah, right so taliban is not al-qaeda and like i said most people only know the taliban post 9 11 they don't know where they came from or yeah. how they came about where they got their power from where they got their weapons and training from which was mostly the u.s yeah. and pakistan um they are guilty of possibly harboring Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda yeah. because after 9-11, we were on a mission to find Osama bin Laden right. he was at all costs. Most wanted. Yep. Le- dead or alive, I think Bush said. Yep, and the U.S. Ap- appealed to the Taliban, which was, at the time, the government in Afghanistan, right. and said, we think he's there, you need to turn him over. And their sentiment basically was... We're not going to turn over a fellow Muslim to a non-Muslim or an infidel. Right. That that was kind of their sentiment of it. It's like it would go against Islam right. for us to turn over a fellow Muslim to a non-Muslim. Yeah. So they, in that sense, harbored Osama bin Laden. Who knows to what effect? Maybe they even like were hiding Osama bin Laden. Maybe they helped him get out of the country. Who knows for sure? Yeah. Yeah. But they had a part. The biggest reason we took offense to the Taliban was because they were harboring Osama bin Laden right. initially. Yeah. Uh, right, and I didn't uh, Bush say, I mean, he came out and was like, you know, if you're harboring terrorists, you're, you're a terrorist. Yeah. You're either with us or against us. Yep, he basically, like, had his demands, and mm-hmm. you had to meet the demands, and they didn't meet the demands, so mm-hmm. we waged war, quote-unquote war, and undeclared war on the Taliban, um, what pushed him out of Afghanistan virtually? Right. Yeah, wiped him out in a matter of a month, probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was they they were completely shocked by the pinpoint precision we we had of um bombing Taliban right. like forces or mm-hmm. or uh points like key points like military. Yeah. It was shocking points. all. Yeah. They, they just couldn't believe the, the amount of precision we had. Right. And so, yeah, they, it just immediately scattered to the wind. Um, they tried to hold on for a bit, but they could only hold on so long with yeah. with their capabilities. So yeah. they just got the hell out of there. Yeah, and, and it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, with the uh, uh, Taliban, they were, they were like um, the good guys, mm-hmm. you know, like against Russia. Right. Right, I mean, they teamed up with Rambo in Rambo Three, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and there was even a little message at the end of Rambo Three, be like, "This is for the vital, or that this is for the the brave freedom fighters in 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 Afghanistan." Mm-hmm. You know. Well, let's let's kind of talk about that history because, like, like you're pointing out that we had ties with the Taliban. Yeah, we had ties to a lot of the member founding members of the Taliban. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now we're at war with the Taliban. Right. Let's talk about that history. Like, where did the Taliban come from? It's right. not. It's 
surprisingly, it's not like a group that goes back thousands of years like you think of some right. of these other Middle Eastern yeah. like, uh, conflicts. Oddly enough, it started as a bridge club. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> started in 1994, <laughs> yeah. but again, it goes back to the Soviet mm-hmm. Union era when we are <laughs> joining up with anybody and everybody yeah. who was against the Soviet Union. Yeah. So I've got this uh, brief timeline of kind of the events in Afghanistan leading up to like 9-11 and the formation of the Taliban. And we'll go through that. Then I'm going to get into more, dig a little more into the history of the Taliban themselves. So let me pull this one up. This is from USA Today. So I'm only going to focus on the Is this a recent article? This um, came out 14 hours ago. Oh, okay. Um, A timeline of the U.S. withdrawal into Taliban recapture of Afghanistan. I'm mainly focusing on the historical part of the timeline here because it's just really brief, like the history here. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> like I said, I'm going to go a little deeper in a, a few minutes, but okay. it's nice to see the timeline. Right. So in April of seven, ni- 17, <laughs> 1979, in the Saar Revolution or April coup, the People's Democratic Party of Afghanistan assassinated Afghan President Mohammad Daoud Khan. Then in December of 79, that same year, The Soviets invaded Afghanistan in order to prop up the government, which faced internal rebellion. So there was a coup, and then the Soviets came in to prop up the government. Okay. I mean, we went in and propped up the government for 20 years. Apparently, we were more committed to propping up the government than the Soviets were. (laughs) Committed or dumb? (laughs) One or the other. Well, we also didn't have another country funneling money into strategically bankrupt us like the Soviets did. Right. In early 1989, so 10 years later, it says the Soviet Union disintegrated. The army withdrew, leaving the Afghan forces to take lead in fighting the American-funded insurgency. So the Soviet Union's like, we're on your, we're on our own. You're on your own. We're out. You guys got to do this on your own. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so the government there that was being fought against by an American-funded insurgency obviously collapsed. Right. Similar to when we pulled out and said, you're on your own, the government collapsed. Kind Says, of like how they did. Yes. U.S. intelligence estimated over 15,000 Soviet troops died in the decade-long war. The Soviets kept advisors with the Afghans and continued financing the military. Then in 1992, the American CIA, which backed Afghan rebels, um, withdrew its aid. The Russians also cut its funding. The pro-Russian government was overthrown, and Afghanistan was plunged into a bloody civil war, setting the stage for the Taliban to assume power four years later. So we were funding one side. Mm-hmm. Soviet unions were fu- was funding the other side. As they do. In '92. Both sides was like, eh, fuck it. We're yeah. not funding anything right. anymore. And then the whole country just went to shit. Well, it turned into the vacuum we always talk about. Mm-hmm. Right. We go put these superpower countries, go put their hands in these proxy areas, fuck it all up in the name of fighting the, the yep. commie threat. Yeah. Fighting evil. Fighting the, the red scare. Yeah. The red devil. And yeah. then it ends and we just. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're, we're done with it. out. 
And this, um, we've talked several times about Charlie Wilson, Charlie yeah. Wilson's award, the movie, the book, whichever um, Tom Hanks was in the movie. Go watch that because that would give you an idea of how the U.S. was involved in this because the U.S. wasn't supposed to be involved in this. We right. were covertly funding this war. Yeah. We weren't, they weren't supposed to find out that we had anything to do with this. So we were sending millions. I think there was one of the years, one of the final years, I think it was like 86, we sent like $600 million in military aid to Afghanistan. I think it funneled through Pakistan, obviously. Obviously. And um, so we were supporting them with like surface-to-air missiles to shoot down like mm -hmm. Soviet helicopters and stuff. And um, that all was publicized, was like kind of made happen through this congressman, Charlie Wilson. Um, some CIA guys like pushed him into like going to the government and getting more and more and more funding for this. And then at the end of it, we just all pulled out and didn't help rebuild none of that mm -hmm. and left this vacuum that we talk about so often. Right. Leading up to this bloody civil war that lasted four years because um, the fighters against, like the rebel group was mostly the, how do you pronounce that? Mujahid, Mujahideen? Oh, uh, Muhadin. 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 <laughs> they were the ones we were funding. Well, after we pulled out, those groups, they were all from different tribes that kind of banded together to, mm -hmm. to push out the Soviets. And then when it came to who's going to run it, they're all right. tribes. All the tribes are like, me, 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 me. Basically, yeah. They all yeah. like kind of formed their own li little spot that they they were in control over, and they set up like checkpoints and like rob people and murder people that were passing through their yeah. roads on their territory. And so there was so much corruption just back and forth. Um, between these warlords, these former warlords that just wanted the power of the country. Yeah. In 94, it says the Taliban, or students in the Pashto language, emerged from Islamist fighters in Pakistan and Afghanistan who fought against the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan for over a decade. That conflict ended in 1989, like it said at the top. Mm -hmm. So in 94, it took. There was a civil war all the way up. In 94, the Taliban's like, we got to get control of this shit yeah we gotta bring some kind of peace to this country mm. 96 it says after a two-year civil war most of afghanistan comes under the control of the taliban who institute fundamentalist policies and widespread repression of human rights what this timeline doesn't mention i'm going to kind of sound like a taliban sympathizer um, sympathizer okay. some during this I'm not a Taliban sympathizer, but what this doesn't talk about, because it talks about their fundamentalist policies, their widespread repression of human rights, what it doesn't talk about is the founder of the Taliban had was part of one of these fighting factions during the Civil War, and he saw the people just, like, raping women and, and just the, how they were mistreating women and raping them and killing them and just abusing them and stuff— and that's where he decided, I'm not for this. we got to do something better. And the Taliban actually came out of the want to do something better and something more pure to their religion. That's why okay. they're the hardcore fundamentalists where right. the women have to cover their faces, right. all but the, like the slit with the burqas or mm -hmm. whatever they are. That's why the women couldn't 
like talk to men or be in the same room as mm -hmm. men that weren't part of their family. Right. So yes, repression of human rights, but the repression of human rights were already there. It wasn't like the Taliban came in and just obliterated human rights. Right. People were getting killed and raped constantly there. Yeah. So I I not I can't say that the Taliban were, were the ones that were responsible for that because it was already there. Yeah. And it's there across the world. I think probably a good half of the world has repressed human rights. Yeah. And that's not a reason to go to war with the country. So, in my opinion, anyway, maybe you disagree. It but depends on, I mean, it depends. How, it depends on how much they're repressing them, right. yes. But yeah. if you're going to go to war with every country that represses human rights, man, we're going to be in a lot of wars. Yeah. Well, and let's not give the U.S. any ideas. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as we've talked about, you know, unfortunately, the United States cannot be the world police. Yes. Unfortunately. It says that you know, on September 11th, 2001, terrorists affiliated with Al-Qaeda hijacked commercial planes to execute terror attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City and the Pentagon outside Washington. The terrorist plan trained and directed the attacks from Afghanistan. So that's why we went to Afghanistan, because their training camps, Al-Qaeda right. training camps, were there. And then it, it continues on through the early 2000s all the way up till now, which right. we don't really need to focus on those. Right. And like you said, after the attacks, and they tied the attacks to Al Qaeda, they wanted Osama bin Laden, and and like you said, the Taliban would not give him up, mm -hmm. and so he went into hiding, and so Bush sent in the military to take out the Taliban to instill a friendly government and find Osama bin Laden because they hate us because they hate our freedom. Right. Right. Yep. So that gets us to 9-11 so yeah we got to go all the way back to the cold war mm -hmm. the only reason we were there in the first place was the cold war right we didn't want the spread of communism so we saw the soviets coming in and propping yeah. up this government i don't even think the soviets necessarily wanted to be there like right. they weren't like wanting to take over afghanistan they were just pro propping up a pro-communist government yeah and the U.S. didn't like that, obviously, so right. they went in to support the rebels against it, the same yeah. like we tried to do in Cuba, everywhere else we went, right. North Korea, Syria, Vietnam, yeah, all those places, fight the Red Scare. Right. And then they were trained by Pakistani intelligence, they were trained by U.S. intelligence and U.S. forces, yeah. and Green Berets. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty plenty of influence from yeah. us and, right. and Pakistan. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of the Taliban leaders came straight. Like all the early Taliban leaders were former Mujahideen. I can't yeah. pronounce that word. Mujahideen. Whatever you, however you pronounce that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> it's not a racist thing. It's just stupidity thing. So. I want to dig a little more into the Taliban. That's history kind of of Afghanistan okay. and how they got there. Gotcha. There's a few things. I got to pull up the great source, Wikipedia, obviously. A and I think wasn't and wasn't some of the Al Qaeda guys didn't they weren't they branch off from Taliban? Because wasn't uh, Osama bin Laden? What he was trained by CIA. Uh, I didn't dig too much into Osama bin Laden. Okay, okay, so gotcha, gotcha. That's probably another episode. Okay, we do. I am going to talk a little about Osama bin Laden. Okay, 
But my focus wasn't Osama bin Laden because I'm focusing primarily on the mm-hmm. Taliban yes. because that's who is there there right now. That's who we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And we can't really mix up al-Qaeda and the Taliban no, because no, that gets it's already, very confusing. Yeah, right, right. We're already confused with that. So this Wikipedia article is d- directly about the Taliban, and I want to talk about the history section of it. Um, I'm going to start out post um, post Soviet area during kind of the Civil War type okay, area, got it. because it says because uh, I talked about all those like kind of warlords, yeah, trying fighting for territory and stuff. Well, it says in southern Afghanistan, southern Afghanistan was neither under the control of foreign-backed militias nor the government in Kabul, but was ruled by local leaders such as Gulaga Shirzai and their militias. The Taliban only first emerged on the scene in 94, August of 94, announcing to liberate Afghanistan from its present corrupt leadership of warlords and establish a pure Islamic society. So that was their goal was to get rid of the corruption and establish a pure Islamic state. Right. Okay. Which is where the fundamentalism, the right. the women's rights and all that shit comes out of is yeah. this fundamentalist Islamic society. But the part that was interesting here was they they emerged in southern Afghanistan, which this says was only under control of like local leaders. It what it didn't have like the warlords kind of over it. So they started down there where they could easily overrun like the local leadership okay and then because they started with 50 people yeah and then once they gained support they moved north and eventually got to kabul gotcha so a little of the history um after 1994 or in 1994 the the founder was this mullah muhammad omar um it says, in September 90, 1994, in his hometown of Kandahar, with 50 students, founded the group. So the term um, Taliban actually means the students. So okay. they didn't come up with anything original. They were just 50 students. Interesting. So the students took over the country. Freaking students. <laughs> right. Um, interesting thing about this, Mullah Muhammad Omar, is that I was reading a book this week. And a lot of the the people that knew of him or knew him or were in contact were, with him said he was kind of a dumbass. He wasn't <laughs> a really smart guy. He wasn't book smart, wasn't really street smart. Yeah. He was a pretty, like, brutal guy. Yeah. But he wasn't super smart. Huh. So that that tells me that he was probably kind of a puppet oh, okay. that was being fed by most likely— it's not even most likely. He was he was being supported primarily by Pakistan. Pakistan right. was fully supportive yeah. of the formation of the Taliban. And this, right. this article gets into why. Says um actually I think this might be it right here. Says um the early Taliban were motivated by the suffering among the Afghan people. So again, it, it started out under good mm. pretense. Right. Like yeah. people are suffering, there's corruption, we want to right. get rid of the shit. Need to help, yeah. So we're going to be the ones to do this because yeah. nobody else is doing it for us. Um, down here in the Pakistani involvement, it says sources state that the Pac- that Pakistan was heavily involved already in October of 1994 in create in the creation of the Taliban. So, some things you should know about Pakistan, 
and I'm sure it says it in this long article. You can go into go to Wikipedia and look up the Taliban. You can read all this stuff. Some things about Pakistan is they they were kind of paranoid that other countries were going to overrun them. India, they had they, fought wars yeah, with India. They got a mat on it with India. Yeah, and they were worried about the Soviet Union mm. coming and kind of taking over their area. They were very concerned about their area getting taken over. So they saw Afghanistan as kind of a buffer zone. Yeah. And just as all these little countries yeah. get thrown into in these proxy wars, it's like, hey, we're going to fight our shit out over here so yeah, we right. don't have to take it to our that own country. Sense. Why wouldn't you? Right. So We'd use Canada. They saw the Taliban was like pro-Pakistan, so yeah. they funded the Taliban because they wanted somebody in control that was pro-Pakistan that would kind of be yeah. their, their buffer zone. And so it was like, I think there was like 80,000 initially. No, there's 50,000 to 100,000 Pakistanis were at one point part of the Taliban, even oh, though wow. it's supposedly an Afghan right. like militia group or control group. Yeah. There was that much support. And then that has yeah. nothing to do with the training because they had their own Pakistani right. training camps. They had Pakistani weapons because they said as they progressed towards Kabul, their their weaponry got more and more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. It's like, where are they getting this money? Right. It's yeah. coming from Pakistan. Well, one of the things I read is, um, briefly, when I was breezing over Osama bin Laden's bio, was that mm -hmm. uh, he heeded the call that kind of went out to all Muslims in the mm -hmm. area to help relieve the suffering of Afghanistan. And yeah, that so, was during the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, right, right, right. And so... I'm sure, you know, people from all different Muslim countries, you know, ideology, yeah. you know, fundamentalists decided, hey, you know, we're going to go liberate Afghanistan right. from the Soviet Union. And I do have a little quick segment after this Wikipedia article that compares the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and their ideologies mm -hmm. and what one was fighting for versus what the other was fighting for and why both were there for they were right. there for different reasons. So I will touch on that, too. Because you're absolutely right. It would, they had their own ideology of yeah. why they had to come in and help the Afghanis. And so, I, like I said, I will briefly talk about Osama bin Laden, but I didn't spend a yeah, lot of no, time. Yeah, it, no, it's fine. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, to make him the focus. I was just right, trying no. to... I mean, he's obviously a key player right. in our reason why right, we're in why Afghanistan. Why we're there, right. Yes. So, let's see. Let me get back on point. Like I said, Pakistan was using... Afghanistan as a buffer zone. Now, other interesting points are um, a lot of the early Taliban were trained by ISI, which is uh, Pakistan's um, intelligence, intelligence agency. Um, they were funded by the ISI. They went to... I This Omar guy went and studied religious studies in Pakistan before okay. hearing the call. So there's a lot of Pakistan yeah. involvement here. Surprisingly, Pakistan is one of our allies. Right. We give we give a lot of money to Pakistan. Yes. Another interesting factor is, like I said, a lot of these people were the people the U.S. was supporting during right. the Soviet war in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. the Soviet um, occupation of Afghanistan. We were supporting the, the Mujahideen, and now... These people are our enemies. Mm -hmm. The lead general in the U, 
the United Forces in Afghanistan, which is the people that we were allies with after 9-11, the lead general fought on the side of the Soviets during the Soviet War. Mm. So we are now flipping roles. Right. Like we were supporting the yeah. people that ultimately became the Taliban, fighting the people that we mm-hmm. ultimately ended up supporting to fight the Taliban. Mm. Right, yeah. It's just... It just is... It's really frustrating to see the amount of money that gets spent, and then we flip sides. And it reminds me, I hate going back to 1984 book all the time, but in the book, right. they switch sides of who they're fighting, and right. people forget who they're fighting mm-hmm. within a yeah. matter of months right? because they just want this perpetual war going on. Not saying that's what's going on here, but... Yeah. That's exactly what's kind of happening here is we're on one side fighting one side and then mm-hmm. we flip sides and we're on the other side supporting the other side. Now that the Taliban's taking over, are we going to flip back to right. the side of the Taliban? Right. Well, I mean and and we'll talk about that because there are theories about that. Mm-hmm. Um but to me it's the frustration is that again, how much evil has the United States allowed to happen? Just to prevent communism from spreading. Right. Right? I mean, how many dictators were put into place? How many people that have have slaughtered, I mean, millions of people mm-hmm. just because they did not want a country to go towards communism? Well, if you back up even further, World War II, we were sided with the Soviets oh, yeah. to fight the with Nazis. Stalin. We were buddies with Stalin. As soon as Nazis were destroyed, we flipped. We're fighting the Soviets for... How well, many years? But but there was about a ten year period there where, um, where Truman, Roosevelt, they didn't want to they didn't want to touch the Russians. They're like, look, we just got out of a war, you mm-hmm. know, just let them do their thing and let them. Roosevelt, I mean, Truman let the Russian or the uh, Soviets kind of start spreading out because he didn't want to rock the the carriage at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but then, like I said, we flipped to fighting the Soviets, and then we flipped to former Soviet generals to fight the people that we were supporting to fight the Soviets. Right, right, it, yeah. Like, it, uh, yeah. It, it's no wonder we can't keep up with what side we're on because yeah, we're always on different sides. We flip sides mm-hmm. when it... Is convenient. When Yeah, when it interests us. Yeah. Like when it supports our interests, we flip sides. Even though we are the ones that built up these groups in the first place. Right. Goes on to say... Um, the Taliban sought to establish an Islamic government through law and order. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, right. Sounds like Donald Trump right. was part of yeah. law and order. Alongside a strict interpretation of Sharia law, which is like like we described, like the wearing the burqas, not cutting right. the it's, beards, yeah, wearing it, the turbans, right. all that's it's, very strict. Yeah, it's Islamic law. It says by 1998... The Taliban's emirate controlled 90% of Afghanistan. So from 94 when they formed, four years later, they had 90% control. Mm. Compare that four years to, what, the four days that it took them this time around (laughs) to regain control? That's for sure. So I think that's all I had in this one. Nope. I had one more thing. It says... Leadership of al-Qaeda had great influence in Afghanistan and supported the Taliban regime 
in controlling most of the country. This is what Bush said. This was Bush's quote. So oh, this gotcha. is his reasoning for his narration going into and fighting the Taliban because Al Qaeda had great influence in supporting the Taliban regime. He says, we condemned the Taliban regime and went on to state, then he went on to state, tonight the United States of America makes the following demands on the Taliban. And this is what I was telling you, that he came out with his list of demands. Gotcha. Says, these are not open to negotiation. Number one, deliver to the U.S. all the leaders of al-Qaeda. Number two, release all foreign nationals that have been unjustly imprisoned. Number three, protect foreign journalists, diplomats, and aid workers. I can see that one. Number four, close immediately every terrorist training camp. How, I mean, how do you go, like, you need to shut it down now. Like, we know how countries like that with the different right. tribes work. Yeah. It's not just like flip of a switch, things shut down. Right. Number five, hand over every terrorist and their supporters to their appropriate authorities. Number six, give the U.S. full access to terrorist training camps for inspection. So those were his demands, not open to a negotiation. This is after 9-11. Yeah, right. This is why we went in to yeah. fight them. Which is, it, it, you know the list is a, is a no-go. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who sees that list is going to laugh at it. Yeah, right. Like, turn over all terrorists and all terrorist yeah. affiliates to the local authorities. Right. I mean, these are... Jumping ahead of myself because this article obviously goes through the whole history. There's, I mean, you go from 98 to 2001. There's still a lot that happened right. in that time. But ultimately, that's where we came to know the Taliban. I, I talked about the, the book that I was reading. I haven't got through it. It was suggested to us through uh, a, a listener, I think. I think he's a listener, but it's a Facebook contact contact um it's called the wrong enemy so you should go read that because from what i've read i actually from what i've listened to i i had it on audible and listened to it on the way back from vacation um it's talking about how we're fighting the wrong people and how this whole thing was funded so heavily by pakistan mm -hmm. and like i said 80 to 100,000 pakistanis were involved right. like in yeah. like intertwined in with the Taliban. And then after 9-11, it talks about how all of a sudden they went from full support. Like I said, they wanted the Taliban to be pro-Pakistan, and they were their buffer for them, and they were always fully supporting them. But then after 9-11, Bush put pressure on Pakistan, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll help you with this. And mm. all of a sudden, they turned their back on the people they built up in the first place. Yeah. Supposedly. Right. Publicly, they turned their back on them. Yeah. But, but it, according to this book, pa like ISI, the intel Pakistani intelligence, was forcing, because they took a lot of the Taliban in and gave them safe haven yeah. in Pakistan. And also, Osama bin Laden was there. He was... Yeah. Like three hundred yards away from a Pakistani military base. Well, and th and that's the thing. It's like you know, it was we're gonna go into Afghanistan, get Osama bin Laden, and wipe out Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. And they got Osama bin Laden in Pakistan, mm -hmm. right? And nobody asked that question. Be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, we kind of did. We're like, wait. Like even I, I watched that whole video mm -hmm. of Obama talking about where we got him, and he's like um, basically saying, Pakistan, 
Pakistan needs to actually up their ante on whether or not they support us because you know it's probably all lip service coming no, I'm from sure. Obama. Yeah. Because how many CIA agents do you think we have in Pakistan? Oh, right. I'm sure. I I have a hard time believing that Pakistan pulled a wool over our eyes and right. we had no idea that yeah. they were there. Right. But like I was saying, they were saying they gave them safe haven. Mm-hmm. They gave Al Qaeda safe haven. They were, I mean, he was hundreds of yards away from a military base, and you're mm-hmm. telling me they didn't know he was there. Yeah. And at the same time, while they're telling the U.S. we're supporting you, right? They were telling the Taliban members, go back there and keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Get back in there and keep fighting the U.S. Keep yeah. fighting the U.S. And like these were firsthand reports that this journalist, this was a. I think it was a New York Times journalist that went there and wrote this book. She okay. was there like a decade or something like that. Okay. And um, so she was getting firsthand information. This isn't information you'll hear from like main mainstream sources. No. This is firsthand information of people that were actually involved in this saying ISI people were telling, threatening them, saying, if you don't go back there and fight the U.S., we're going to turn you over to the U.S. and have you sent to Guantanamo Bay. Right. Yeah. So on one side, they're saying... Yeah, we're supporting you, but on the back end, they were saying, "Get back in there and fight." Yeah, and so it—you got to read the book because there, there's so much in there. I, I've only made probably halfway through the book. There's so much that'll piss you off. Realizing that we're fighting and destroying, just destroying this freaking country. Right. And like I brought up, I mean, but that's what we do. Yeah, but I mean, look what we did to Iraq. Right. You know, I mean, look what was done to to you know libya to right. lebanon i mean it, it's to syria i mean look that's what we do we just blow shit up yeah we like to blow shit up and and, and just leave the people there to pick up the pieces and, mm-hmm. and you know I, it's disgusting yeah and the whole time where we still still haven't had any ill relations with pakistan and, and that's the thing shit. yeah and, and pakistan <laughs> is is you know bending us over the table and mm-hmm. fucking us while they're telling us that they're our friends. Yeah. Well, and, and we give them millions and billions of dollars because they're a nuclear power and it's like, you know, hey, don't don't go to war with India. Here, here's here's a couple bill. Yeah. Yeah, so and they're they're sending millions of dollars to the Taliban mm-hmm. and their own forces to yeah. the Taliban. <clears throat> Excuse me. To the Taliban to directly fight U.S. forces right. and kill U.S. forces there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is like this war even about at this right. point? Yeah. Who are we even fighting at this point? Because we're supposedly fighting the Taliban to keep them out, and we're going to the support of the Pakistanis yeah. to keep the Taliban at bay, but the Taliban's supporting, or the Pakistanis are supporting the Taliban right. who are fighting us, and it's just a big mm. cycle that... Yeah, I w- the conspiracy side of me makes me wonder if the U.S. was privy to all of this and that just kept the money funnel going for the war machine to it keep going. It wouldn't surprise me. It's like, yeah, um, you keep doing your thing. Just make it look like you're doing this and uh, keep just sending a few troops over here to make it look like there's a threat here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the tal- Taliban people are like, we're tired of getting dicked around here. Right. We either are going to go there and take it over, or we're not going to. And then uh, that leads to now where they're like, "Shit, 
we're we're just gonna stop this war unless you just let us go and um yeah that'll get me into my conspiracy theory i guess one of them but yeah it's just a freaking big messy cycle yeah and the fact that that we just kept it going for this long and the american people just turned a blind eye to it because there was i mean at in 2021 it it's almost like well shit afghanistan we're still there yeah. That kind of sentiment. So yeah. I did want to touch on the differences between the Taliban and Al-Qaeda okay. real quick because you brought it up a couple times, and this gets a little into Osama bin Laden. Then we'll get into break. And then, well, before we do that, I, I forgot one part that I wanted to read in this um, Wikipedia article that I thought you would find absolutely as hilarious as I found it. How the, the propaganda used to build up the Taliban, oh, like, yeah. the mindset, to educate the, the members of the Taliban. You know where that came from? No. Walt Disney. In an effort to aid the anti-Soviet insurgency, the U.S. government covertly provided school books promoting militant Islamic teachings, including images of weapons and soldiers in an effort to inoc- or inculcate in children a hatred of foreign invaders. Hmm. So the U.S., Interesting. Gave them textbooks yeah. to build a hatred of foreign invaders. Interesting. To make them hate the Soviets. Well, it worked. And to <laughs> prop use propaganda to make the children hate the Soviets. The Taliban used American textbooks but scratched out human faces in keeping with strict fundamentalist interpretation. So they scratched out this, the Soviet faces and just turned it into... All invaders. Any invader. (laughs) Says the United States Agency for International Development gave millions of dollars to the University of Nebraska in Omaha in the 80s to develop and publish the textbooks in local languages. Huh. So not only did we train them and give them money for weapons, we also gave them the propaganda to hate us. Right, yeah. To promote militant Islamic teachings, the things that... Yeah. We are fighting against yeah. mi- militant Islamic teachings. That's funny. Like, well, Islam is a is a peaceful is a peaceful religion, and they're not they're not uh, the religion isn't militant. Yeah, but we taught them to I be was militant. Say, yeah, it wasn't until we got involved. <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, no, you should be pissed off right. at all these invaders coming in here. So then, when the U.S. comes to invade. They're like, oh shit! I read about this somewhere. Wait, where'd this book come from? Yeah, right. And we wonder where where they got this anti-American sentiment. Yeah, yeah. You know, for what was it? About a hundred and I would say about a hundred and twenty years, mm-hmm. the United States did really good about not getting involved and in fucking things up, and then they really done a good job of catching up in that <laughs> after yeah, that. Yeah, in the last uh, hundred years, yeah. we've made up for. Yeah. Those couple hundred years initially yeah, we, we, that we, we weren't completely getting fucked up the world. Yes. So this article here, this is a this is like a paper that was written for a master's program. So this isn't like an official news article. Okay. This kind of breaks down the difference between Al Qaeda and Taliban. In case you're like some of the people that were brainwashed to think they're the same, they're not the same. So there's a couple points in this article. I will post the links to these articles because I can't get into all of them. 
This goes on. This starts out. It says the mainstream media and the Bush administration blended the Taliban and Al Qaeda together, making the two groups the same terrorist entity in the eyes of the American public, like we talked about at the beginning. The Taliban, however, played no role in the 9-11 attacks and had no prior knowledge of the attacks, publicly condemned the attacks, and provided many different options to the U.S. to try Osama bin Laden for his crimes. So you know how Bush gave them this? Yeah. This do this stuff? Ultimatum. Like, ultimato. Yeah, basically, there's no other option here, no discussion, these are what we want, or war. The Taliban said, we'll give him a public trial, and if we find he's guilty, we'll turn him over to you. And the U.S. said, not good no, enough. not good enough. Yeah, they they tried several times to say uh, or give several options for the U.S. to try him for his crimes. It says two different organizations um, with two different ideologies had kind of different. Um, so they're talking about the Taliban and Al Qaeda. So the Taliban does not have the ideologies that Osama bin Laden did. So they're like, if you find him guilty, fuck him. Right. We'll turn him over to third party. But as Muslims, we're not just going to hand him over to right. you. Makes sense. So it says, um, it goes on to say, let me find my spots. I got to scroll down because, like I said, I can't get into all this. It says Pakistan, Sa- Saudi Arabia, and the United Emirates all recognize the Taliban as legitimate government of Afghanistan on May 25th, 1997. So two of our allies, Saudi Arabia... And Pakistan is United. Is the UAE one of our allies? Uh, no, they're not. Okay, well, two of them for sure are, and they recognize the Taliban yeah. in '97. So it says the Taliban sought to fix. So this is the Taliban's ideology, and we told you the background of them. Right. So this is their ideology. The Taliban sought to fix Afghanistan. They had local perspective, limited horizons, and immediate concerns. The plight of other Muslim countries like Palestine, the Kashmiris, Chechnyans, or Muslims elsewhere didn't interest the Taliban. In fact, some say, or some may have not had any knowledge of those conflicts at all. Some of the Taliban, I mean, right. they are locally focused. Right. They just want to fix Afghanistan. That's all. Based on their belief in what would fix it, whether it's good or bad. They wanted to fix it for their ideology. Yeah. Says the Taliban's uni- or the Taliban's version of utopia was within their own borders. It wasn't like bring down the freaking right. infidels across the world right. or in all the Muslim states. Right. It was America's the great Satan type thing. Yeah, yeah. it was um, making Afghanistan a better place was their utopia. Says um, Al Qaeda. Refer- now moving to Al Qaeda. Says the founder of Al Qaeda, Osama bin Laden first became involved in jihad in Afghanistan, which is what you were trying what you were mm-hmm. talking about, uh, when he opened a halfway house in Saudi Arabia for recruits traveling to Afghanistan to fight in the jihad. He provided very basic military training to high school and college students as well as fundraise for the jihad. So the Taliban's version of jihad was pushing infidels right out of Afghanistan. That yeah. was their jihad. Right. The Al Qaeda was Jihad's jihad. Right, yeah. Fighting the infidel. Go after him anywhere they are. Yes. So he, he, um, Osama bin Laden provided these training camps for high school and college students for jihad. It's a hell of a summer camp. No shit. Says, the people who rallied to the Afghan jihad felt 
that Islam itself was threatened by the advance of communism. Afghanistan meant little to most of them, but the faith of the Afghan people meant a greater deal. Hmm. So to them, it wasn't Afghanistan that was under attack. It was Islam that was under right. attack from the infidel, yeah, the which Soviets. Yeah, makes sense. So they, they didn't give two shits about who, mm-hmm. in the end, ruled right. in Afghanistan. They just didn't want anybody who wasn't Muslims taking right. over. So um, it had said, I don't see it here, but it had said that bin Laden, afterwards when the Civil War kicked off, he pulled back to um, Saudi Arabia because he's like, uh, they're fighting now. These Muslim groups are fighting now. Who are we supposed to support? Right. And the people that backed him were just like, uh, you can't do anything about it. Just let them hash it out. So that's kind of the view of it. It's like, right. well, we, we did our achieved our goal of pushing out the non-Muslims. It's on them now to take yeah take care of this. It says, despite the disapproval of leaders, the leaders in Afghanistan, bin Laden created the first all-Arab camp in Jaji in 86 as part of a grander plan to wage jihad after the Soviet U- Soviet war by creating an Arab legion that could defend Muslim causes everywhere. So he set up this camp in Afghanistan right. as a kind of a base home to fight, um, defend Muslim causes across the globe. Right. Yeah. And the Afghan leaders didn't necessarily like that, but he did it anyway. So, scrolling down, it says, when the Soviets left Afghanistan in 89, oh, this is the part I was talking about, uh, the Muhadin turned their guns on each other. Bin Laden returned to Saudi Arabia to consult with Saudi intelligence and Prince Turkey's chief of staff to determine who to support in the ensuing Afghan civil war, and the chief of staff said it was best to just leave. says al-Qaeda was formed to continue the jihad after the Soviet war. So al-Qaeda didn't exist during that. Osama bin Laden came to fight the jihad and train and stuff, and then after that, after the Civil War, or after the Soviet War, al-Qaeda was formed to continue and make it into a global struggle now. It says, contrasted to the Taliban, al-Qaeda had a global perspective, expanded horizons, and long-term goals. The attack on Islam in Afghanistan was just one instance of the oppression of Muslims, but they did not have a vested interest in Afghanistan beyond expelling the atheist invaders. So that's the difference between the two is um, the Taliban had um, just local goals. Like They just want Afghanistan. They wanted their country back. They right. wanted to improve their country. Initially, they wanted to kick the Soviets out because it was their country. Mm. And then afterwards, they just wanted to fix their country. Al-Qaeda just wanted to defend Muslims right. and fight against Globally, the non-Muslims right. and then turned it Take into a global the, thing. Yes. Right. Yep. So defending the Muslim cause everywhere was yeah. Al-Qaeda's goal. And ultimately, they set up camp in Afghanistan, Yeah. whether that's good or bad. And since they supported the Afghan cause, well, then, in the end, the yeah. Taliban supported them. Right. Because They're like, sure, you can set up camps here. Yep. So so there's there's kind of the difference between... The two, if in case you were wondering, because I mean, like like all these articles have said, the Bush administration, the American yeah. governments and stuff have kind of over the years very quickly yeah. blended them. Well, into and one. they had to though. I mean, that's yeah. that's how they were trying to justify us being there. Well, what I found interesting is because we pushed them out, mm-hmm. and then we left and went to Iraq, 
And then they kind of started, Pakistan started pushing them back across the border. Go back, go back. And then we had to go back. Well, when we went back, our mindset kind of shifted from fighting the terrorists to this more like human rights type thing. Because Mm -hmm. if you see the later 2000s interviews with some of the presidents and stuff, it's like, well, they're mistreating the women and the the human rights and um, all this and that. Like the way they treat women, all of a sudden... It's like they shifted their focus right. of the American people to, well, do you want women to have to wear burkas all the time? Or right. yeah. do you want people getting their hands cut off for stealing and shit like that? So, it, I mean, yes, the terrorist thing, obviously they're going to be like, if if all that fails, they're going to be like, what about 9-11? Everybody's like, woo, 9-11, we got to right. yeah. fight them. Yeah. Them Al-Qaeda. But it was like the just like the perspective that they were trying to push on the people was it was a, right. a human rights issue at that point. And I, I found that interesting going back through yeah. well, some of those. Yeah, because like you said, the, the objective had been taken care of and they were trying to justify us being there still. Yep. So it is about time. It is past time for a break. Shit. It's past time for a break. We're going to get into a break. We're going to bring this back to the modern day era. 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 Have we talked enough about the history? I mean, it's I, very I, I think we have a good idea of who the Taliban is. Scratching the surface. Jeez, now you got me doing it. Taliban. Taliban. The Taliban. Taliban <laughs> doing it, who they are and, and what they stand for and why they are there. Yeah, like I said, just scratching the surface. Yeah. If you want to really dig deep, you can dig into, like, the Soviet War. You can yeah. dig into the founding of the Taliban and some of those wars and— there's a lot of shit with Pakistan that we can't even touch. Yeah, it blows me away, like just how involved Pakistan has been in all how this. How two-sided they on. were. Oh yeah, right. And, and yet it, we're fighting Afghanistan, not yeah Pakistan. And yet, and we're still allies with Pakistan. And we're still giving them millions and millions of dollars. Yes. So it's about time for a break. Do I want to do a call-ins? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a call-in. Let's do some call-ins because. This, like I said, is personal for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. if you have anything, any, if you want to just like rant about this, yeah, about this fall of Afghanistan. And, and, and this is a, it, it's, it's very divisive because I, I've talked to two friends that have been over there and some are, are upset with what's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, look, you know, we, we put a lot of time, money, you know, I, I, I lost buddies over there. Right. And then there's some like, you know, we did what we were supposed to do. Right. We went there. We saved lives. We were there for, you know, the person to my left, to my right. Right. That's who we were fighting for. Right. And, you know, and, and this was inevitable, What what's happening now. There's nothing we could have done about it. And I understand that. But how long ago did we know this was going to be inevitable? And how long ago could we have been like, instead of trying to pull the Vietnam thing where it's like, no, we 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 gotta win this. We gotta win this. We gotta win this. Oh, my! Knowing <laughs> that this has been an, we've probably known for at least five or six years that this my, was inevitable. My guess is that it, after they got Osama bin Laden in Pakistan, no less, <laughs> that's when they're like, "Well, fuck! I'm just gonna kick this down the road and let the next guy take care of it." Right, <laughs> and that's what it seems like. And then it got kicked to Trump. Right. 
who kicked it to Biden, and yeah. Biden's like, oh, shit, I'll pick that up. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, this is cool. And it's on fire at <laughs> yeah, that right. point. Like, look what I found, guys. And everybody's like, no, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's get into break real quick, Bill. And when we come back, we're going to bring this back home. And I'm going to post, post the Zoom link in the in the YouTube chat section there on the side. So if you want to call in and vent or give your opinions about what's going on right now and how this 20-year war has ended up today, um, just click on that Zoom link. If you don't want to show your face, don't show your face. We don't care. Yeah. Uh, if you want to use a secret code name, that's fine, too. We cannot filter your voice to make it sound like Optimus Prime, though. I'm sorry. I mean, I think I have the capabilities on this soundboard, but I haven't figured it out right. yet. But well, we'll work. On we'll that. work on that. So keep an eye out for that uh, that link. Call in because we want to hear from you because yeah. this is personal for a lot of people. Yeah. We're going to be right back. Give us about four or five minutes, and we'll be right back to continue this. Bill, yes. you ready? Let's do it. All right. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey everybody, I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast, that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. All right, and we are back. So... Yes. I told you I went on vacation. You did. I went on the vaca on vacation to nowhere, is what I call it. Because it was like... Pleasant. Mi middle of the mountains and the o the Ozark Mountains in um, Arkansas for the first three days. And zero cell reception at all. So, like, the only time I got any reception is if we go to a... Like, a, there's a little shop in town, like, a couple miles away that had Wi-Fi because the town had no reception. Yeah. The campground, had, there was no reception within miles of this place. And so I loved it because I was disconnected from everything. That's why I go on vacation. Right, to disconnect. Yeah, and so Makes my, sense. And my wife's like, oh, I wish I, because we just let our phones die because there was no electricity either. She's like, I wish I had my phone so I could tell what time it is. It's like, what do you need to tell what time it is? Right. When you're hungry, it's dinner time. Right. When you're tired, it's time for bed. When you're thirsty, it's time to drink something. When you yeah. gotta pee, it's time. I mean, <laughs> right, that, yeah. What yeah. else do you need time for right, right now? It's perfect. 
So the disconnect is what I loved about it. But then we went to Branson, Missouri, which is oh, yeah. all in your face. But then I also had cell phone reception. And like like I said last week, we're like, well, shit's kind of ramping up in mm. Afghanistan. Well, then Friday, I think it was, when I get to Branson and I pull up, or when I get back in reception, I pull up my phone and I see things like, the president has fled uh, Kabul and the government, and it's just like, is this really happening? Right. Yeah. All this just it, thrown it, in yeah. my face like right now. And <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. all this is going to ramp up to soon to, it just... Yeah. Plop right in your face. Yeah, like, it, it, it beyond back. ramped, it evil Knieveled. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here it is. It's yeah. here. And welcome back is basically what it was. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, holy shit. It's and like, it, uh, let's go back in the woods. And at first it was almost like you got a double take to make sure it's not like a, a like a satire page right. or something like yeah. that. And it's like, right. no, this, this actually just happened. Yeah. And it's gone. 20 years is gone. Just yeah. like that. Four presidents, four different responses to all this. Like, you yeah. saw some of the responses that I played in that video at the beginning. Yeah. But they all had kind of different views of it. Like, Bush was like, get us into it because of 9-11. It was oh, like yeah. a, re a reactionary thing. But, like, but Bush was, he was like, you know, it. Again, he, he put that ultimatum out to the right. world. Yeah. If you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and people were scared of Bush because, I mean, you know, you saw he went after Iraq because, mm -hmm. you know, and Saddam's like, no, dude, I, I don't got nothing. And, and WMDs. Yeah. And, and Bush is like, okay, you're next. We're yeah. going after you. Who else wants some? You want some? <laughs> you want some? <laughs> right. Well, he had, uh, after 9-11, unlimited spending budget. Oh, absolutely. Military. It's just like... Well, shit, we did it over here. Let's let's go there next, and then let's go there next. He had a mandate. Yeah. I mean, in, in his eyes, he had a mandate yeah. to was, do whatever he felt like he It was like, like our jihad, to. basically. Yeah, Our right. global jihad. It was, it was. I mean, you can talk about Osama bin Laden and his goal to globally oust the infidels. Well, yeah. we had the same, basically, mindset to globally oust... The Islamo-fascist. The Islamo-fascists. Yes. Which... At what point does that become like chasing the boogeyman? Well, like, yeah. When we fought like the world wars, we had a very distinct enemy. We it was the Nazis, the okay. Nazis. Yeah. Um, then even in like Vietnam, we had a distinct enemy. And then the Cold War happened, and it kind of got a little gray, little fuzzy, right? Little fuzzy, like, well, commies are everywhere, right? But there was wasn't a lot of military funding because it was a cold war. It wasn't right. a hot war. Yeah, it was mostly and, intelligence. And then you fight a war on an ideology. Mm -hmm. The war it's not a war on the Islamo fascists. It's a war on terror as right. an ideology. Right. Which which I mean, <clears throat> there still is not a clear definition of what terrorism is. No, and we talked about that yeah. in the domestic terrorism right. one that the. Department of Homeland Security still has not really yeah. defined terrorism. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can make this a 20-year war when it's a war on terror because yeah. what defines terror? Like we always say, loose definitions mean you can broad whatever. sweep whatever right. we want, and that's what this war on terror became. Um, then we got Obama... And that's, I think, when things started getting shady with Obama, because yeah, he wanted right. to pull troops out, but then 
Was it there or Iraq that he kept like drone bombing, or was it both? It was uh, it was both and and Syria also. I mean, yeah, he was a he was a, a bombing fool. A yeah, and fool. he also was one that was really like he basically at one point had stated that our objectives have been met, and now it's time to start drawing yeah. down. Even though he knew, it and there's a shit show. Well, yeah, he knew that we hadn't met any objectives. And these, um, have you heard of these Afghanistan papers? No, I have not. Actually. It was like somebody had sued for uh, Freedom of Information Act, got these like thousands of page documents of the actual like government sentiments while their lip service telling us, hey, um, we're, we're winning in this war. Mm. Um, we can start drawing back now. At the same time, they're they're like we don't even really know what the objective is at this point yeah like there was split objectives like some people thought we should leave because we got osama bin laden yeah we the terrorists were threat was basically eradicated some of them thought we should stay there and form a democracy in the country which is what we like to do everywhere some of them thought we should be there for like human rights and stuff so they couldn't even all get on the same page of why we're even there so this is going on while they're yeah. on TV saying, basically, the mission, the goals are being achieved so right. we can start drawing down yeah. on this shit. And, and again, I, I think that's where you know Obama saw what a shit show was going to be mm-hmm. for him. And he's like, you know, let's let's say this is going to be for human rights mm-hmm. and just kick the can over to the next guy. Yep. You know, and then Trump got it and Trump looked at it and he's like, oh, fuck. And Trump was one that was like, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. If you watch that whole video of the clips that I played, mm-hmm. he's like... We should not have come here. Yeah. But I inherited this war mm-hmm. and my gut instinct is to leave <laughs> as quickly as we came, but he's like we can't just jump out of this because right. um because he saw foresaw <laughs> the problems that it, it would lead to, which yeah. it, it did. And then Biden uh basically said, you saw him say there, oh, yeah. we went there. In response to catch the people responsible for 9-11, we did that. We can't—his whole thing was, we're not here to nation build. Yeah. We we cannot be responsible for building nations, so we need to get out of there. Right. And it's just like, well, what the fuck have we been doing for 20 years then? If we're not there for nation building, what have we been doing for 20 years? I get that. I, I it's just it's just so, a nightmare. So obviously this is being compared to Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. But is that a fair is that a fair assessment? I yeah. mean, because Vietnam we did not achieve our goals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we we maintained we we probably I mean the the northern uh, Vietnam army that they were on the verge of being broken. Mm-hmm. But we pulled out because, you know, we were getting slammed. And we were there for a long time. And so, but in Afghanistan, we achieved our original goal. But then we decided to stay there because we couldn't figure out a proper withdrawal strategy. And to look like we came out on top. Right, to make it look like we came out on top, which, like you said. Because they probably knew from the start, as soon as we achieved our goal, if we pull out, this is going to go to shit. Right, it's going to look like shit. And it's going to make us look bad, no matter what, how we do it. Mm -hmm. But... Again, we did achieve our original goal that we wanted to do, but like you said, there's no way to come out of this looking pretty. I mean, that's what they, well, maybe that's what they wanted, or maybe they just wanted to keep spending 
the military dollars, or maybe there's a well, little they, bit of both. There's, I was going to say, they probably looked at it as a win-win. Like, yeah, there's pressure probably from yeah. the military contract companies, yeah. like like the Lockheed Martins and, and right. companies like that. There's probably pressure from them to stay. Yeah. And then <clears throat> there's also this whole, like you were saying, mentality of, we know this is going to right. fail. What it's, can we do to... Yeah, any Do president who gets way. saddled with this is is going to look like a laughing stock. It's going to be the president that failed Afghanistan. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, just like I mean, and that's how it looks. I mean, mm-hmm. Biden looks like Jimmy Carter right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I got this one article I wanted to bring up that said that's titled. This is from usnews.com. The cost of the Afghanistan war in lives and dollars. So we can see what this has cost us, cost us for the last twenty years. Yeah. What's is that? Fun. Is it from Avengers where they're like, "What did it cost you?" And he's like, "Everything." Oh, yeah. He's, right. Yeah. Thanos. Yeah. So this is what it cost us, and it's literally everything. So let me pull this article up if I can find my button. So, cost of Afghanistan war and lives and dollars. So, I'm not going to read all the article about it because we've already talked about all this stuff. I just want to get down to the dollars and the lives. So, here's some of the U.S. lives in Afghanistan, Afghan lives. The human cost. American service members killed in Afghanistan through April, 2,448, which is considerably less than Iraq was. Right. But still, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's just military members, though. Yeah. U.S. contractors, 3,846. Wow. Afghan national military and police, 66,000. Holy shit. Other allied service members, including from other NATO member states, 1,144. Afghan civilians, 47,245. So 100,000 Afghanis lost their lives. Yeah. Well, that's... Just civilians and national military. Taliban, 51,000. No. So 150,000 Afghanis. 150,000 Or Afghanis and Pakistanis, I guess. Right, yeah, that's true. Um, Aid workers, 444, and then 72 journalists. All lost their lives. So that's, do the math on that. Yeah. So let's let's, get your calculator out. All right. So 2,448. Okay. 3,846. Okay. 6,6,000. Okay. 172,690 people. 100 what? 72,000. So over 170,000 people lost their lives in this 20-year expedition in Afghanistan. So this says the date Congress... uh, So oversight by Congress. Date Congress authorized U.S. force to go after the culprits of September 11th was on September 18th, 2001. So seven days later... The Congress gave the go-ahead. Number of times U.S. lawmakers voted to declare war in Afghanistan? Zero, obviously. Number of times—so this this part's interesting here. Number of times 
that lawmakers on the Senate Appropriation Defense Subcommittee address costs of the Vietnam War during the Vietnam War conflict was addressed 42 times. So this defense subcommittee, Appropriation Defense Subcommittee, addressed the the overall costs of the Vietnam War 42 times. The number of times the same subcommittee mentioned the cost of the Afghanistan and Iraq wars through 2021, they've only brought it up five times. Hmm. They've only been like, eh, maybe this is costing too much. Number of times lawmakers in Senate Finance Committee have mentioned the cost of Afghanistan and Iraq wars since September 11th, one time. And that's probably Ron Paul. <laughs> so they don't even care about the budget. They're just like, fuck it. Yeah. It's Afghanistan. Right. We're not even bringing it up. Yeah. So paying for a war on credit, not in cash. The amount President Harry Truman temporarily raised taxes for the Korean War was 92%. Lyndon Johnson temporarily raised tax rates for Vietnam or 77%. George Bush dropped taxes, cut taxes 8% during hmm. Afghanistan, Iraq. So <laughs> what are we paying for this with? Right, exactly. Says the estimated amount of direct Afghanistan and Iraq war costs that the United States has debt financed as of 2020 is $2 trillion. Jeez. Estimated interest cost by 2050 is up to $6.5 trillion. Says the wars end, but the costs don't. Says um, Amount Films estimates the United States has committed to pay in health care, disability, burial, and costs for roughly 4 million Afghanistan and Iraq veterans is more than $2 trillion just in health care, disability, and burial because of those two wars. $2 trillion that they're estimated. The period that those costs will peak isn't till those costs won't peak until 2048. That's when we'll really see the costs wow. of those veterans. That's so, crazy. Those are some of the costs of this 20-year war. What do you think of them numbers? That's insane. 6.5 trillion dollars by 2050 is what it's total going to cost. Mm-hmm. And like you said, interest. I mean, we're we're I mean, we're not even seeing the full effects of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you know, our kids will be settled with. Yeah. What did you say? 170,000 lives lost. Yeah. And that brings us to today where we're basically right back where we started. There's even military generals that are warning that if we let this go on, it's just going to build up more terrorists to attack our country. So they're even estimating that even though we did succeed the mission of pushing out the terrorists, they're just going to build back up there. So I guess that comes back to the question of, should we have gone there? Yeah. I did want to play this video clip. I wanted to play it before I got to those sombering numbers, but maybe this will liven us back up a little bit because um, this is hilarious to me. This is a press conference that did not age well, which seems to be the case a lot lately. So... Here, watch this. Some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. 
There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. It is. What do you think about that? Age age well? Not not very. When did that come out? That was, I think, his conference on July 8th when he was talking oh. about oh, okay. when they were like, look, they're estimating 90 days. Some were yeah. estimating like 18 months. He's like, no, that's not that's not going to be the case at all. They don't have the capabilities that the North Vietnamese had. They don't have the—and he had said—he's like, there's— during that press conference, if it's the same one, during the July 8th pre press conference, I remember he said— there's only an estimate of like 50,000 Taliban fighters left, and the Afghan military is like 500,000 strong or something. He's like, there's no way they're going to overthrow because the Afghan people are going to fight back and all this shit. And then here we are today. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how many Afghanis or uh, Taliban members are there mm -hmm. because, like I said, he said only like 50,000, which that seems pretty high to me. Yeah. But um, it kind of uh, gosh, what was the uh, what was that movie? Oh, oh, it, it kind of makes me oh, shit. Sorry, oh. sorry. That kind of reminds me of uh, um, you, you know, you think of these Afghan fighty fighters and and you know how they were like you said, some of them didn't even have weapons, mm -hmm. and it kind of makes you think of um, I think there was some war movie where they were like trying to load up these bombers, but they like didn't want to put the weights of the, the, the guns on them because they had to fly them long distance. Yeah. And so they just are like, here, we painted these broomsticks black. Just kind of <laughs> hold it out the window so they think you have a gun. <laughs> yeah, right. What was that from again? I think it was from uh, Pearl Harbor, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you had a couple press releases from today yeah. that you wanted to touch on. Yeah, so um, I have here... Let's see. This came out. This was the White House's... Talking points on Afghanistan. Yeah, this is what I wanted to hear. Because this came out today, didn't it? Yeah. So the president was not willing to enter a third decade of conflict and surge of thousands of more troops to fight in a civil war that Afghanistan wouldn't fight for themselves. It's clear from the past few weeks that would would have been necessary more troops for an indefinite amount of time. The administration knew that there was a distinct possibility that Kabul would fall to the Taliban. A distinct possibility or an inevitability? I was going to say, it was not an inevitability. They, they're they saying it was not an inevitability, it was a possibility. And no, I call it, bullshit on that. It was, it's been inevitable. It's been a stretched-out inevitability yeah. for years now. For for 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> at least, at least I'd say the last 10, yeah. at least. Since we went back, pushed yeah. back... Um, because we saw them resurging after we went and left and went to Iraq. Yeah. Since we went back, it's kind of been inevitable since then. Because yeah. it's like, hey, we built them up. We kind of, kind of left. Yeah. We left some there, obviously. Kind of left, but we saw how it quickly <laughs> went yeah. downhill. And we saw that in Iraq too when right. we left. We left there, and it just went to shit. Yeah. That's when ISIS built up mm -hmm. and took over a good chunk of. I remember when. Some of the, uh, I I remember when the the one that hit home was when Fallujah fell to ISIS oh, right. because Fallujah yeah. was the big battle that right. we lost a bunch of Marines in. Right. It was the Battle of Fallujah, and then we took Fallujah um, twice, and then ISIS came and mm -hmm. took over Fallujah, and it's just like all that 
yeah. seems like it's for nothing. Yeah. And so when we see, um, as we kind of withdraw a little bit to move fo- shift focus to Iraq, and then the Taliban starts pushing back in with the aid of Pakistan, we see at that point yeah. that inevitably, once we leave, this is all going to go back to shit. Right, yeah. Uh, POTUS said in July that the Afghan military had the capability to fight the Taliban, but they had to demonstrate the will. Sadly, that will did not materialize. So he's putting all the blame solely on on, the Afghans. The administration planned for every possibility. Bullshit. We had contingency plans in place for every eventuality, including a quick fall of Kabul. Kabul. Bullshit. That's why we had troops pre-positioned in the region to deploy it as they have done. We are focused on safely evacuating U.S. Embassy personnel, American citizens, uh, SIV applicants, and their families, and targeted Afghans. We have deployed 6,000 U.S. military to Afghanistan to secure the airport, ensure that those evacuation flights, as well as commercial and charter flights, can safely Part. Didn't you say that there was incidences of Afghan pe- yeah. personnel like hanging on to oh, the yeah. planes? Oh there, yeah, there's they- video of. I mean, it, it looked like more than a hundred people trying, running, and trying to bang on this plane as it's getting ready to take off. Like, don't fucking leave a- us a- with this. Right. And then the plane takes off, and there's people holding on to the wings, and and then you can see them falling off the the plane. So, what do you think that does to? The Afghanis that supported the U.S. for the last 20 years, and we just leave them high and dry. Whether it's our fault or their fault, either way, we leave them high and dry. What does American sentiment to the the overall Afghan population become? I I think you just raised um, terrorist um, recruitment up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just... Single-handedly, I, I laugh, but it's it's sad, but yeah. it, it's true. I right. mean, and and you've seen interviews with these these, and they're like, you know, the U.S. just abandoned us. Yeah, you know, I mean, from their eyes, that's what it looks like, and that's why there is a lot of anti-U.S. sentiment after the Soviet era was mm. because we did what we came to do for yeah. that. We kicked the Soviets out, and we just left them. Didn't help them rebuild. And a lot of the people there didn't know the difference between which side was what. They just know that a bunch of bombs blew the shit out of their countries. Yeah. And then they just took up. They, we accomplished our proxy mission there mm-hmm. and then left. And that's what built up extremism then. How easily is it going to be to build up extremism now? It's just like, look, they occupied us for 20 years. And you saw... The Taliban sentiment is like it's time for a, an era of peace. Yeah. So you know, even if, even though, like you said, really is it going to be peaceful though? But you know, they're going to push all anything bad that's happening in their country. They're going to blame it on the twenty-year occupation of the oh, United absolutely. States. Right. Why, that's all it's not? going to be. Why wouldn't you? And there's going to be a whole brand new generation of anti-Western extremists in Afghanistan now yeah, because right. of this. Yeah. So this is a this was a question. Was this a, a, an intelligence failure? <laughs> Absolutely. It says the administration knew that there was a distinct possibility that Kabul would fall to the um, Taliban. This was an inevitability, not a possibility. Uh, okay, we already covered this stuff. It says um, here's what the president was not willing to do. Uh, okay, he already talked about that. Uh, it says when Trump made the DOHA agreement. 
There were 13,000 U.S. troops in Afghanistan. When POTUS took office, Trump had drawn down troops to 2,500. It's a clear from the past few weeks that would have been that would have been necessary. Um, it says the president was unwilling to send U.S. men and women back to Afghanistan for an indefinite war. And then it says it's got this little blurb here for counterterrorism. The United States faced terrorist threats in countries around the world, including Syria, Libya, and Yemen. We don't have boots on the ground in those countries. We have over we have over the horizon counterterrorism capabilities. And that's what we'll do in Afghanistan. Prevent, detect, and disrupt terrorism threats with over-the-horizon capabilities. And that was kind of his response, too, because there was a big question. It's like, what about the way the, the Taliban treated women? Because mm-hmm. they brought up that again to bring to pull, tug at our heartstrings, right. you know. And it's kind of like the babies in the incubators back right. during the Gulf War. Yeah. Um, and his whole response was basically what I said. It's like people, women are mistreated across the world, and we're not like going and fighting China or um, going and which he'd probably love to uh, going and fighting um, all these other countries where right. women are right. <laughs> degraded right. and stuff. And yeah. it's like that's not a reason. And I agree with a lot of the stuff he's saying here. Yes, he sadly, I guess gets the role of being the president that lost the Afghanistan war. Right. But at some point, we had to pull out. And he makes good points, whether they were written talking points or not, that, yes, there. I mean, there's terrorists everywhere. Right. There's humane issues, humanitarian issues everywhere. We can't just right. keep our troops there right. propping this up forever. Yeah. And I, I think there's probably... Another side to it that he's not telling us, but that sure. point there, I I agree with. Uh, yeah. We can't just be that, like you said, the world police. Yeah. Sitting on this, but I I do want to get into my conspiracy side of it. Sure. Yeah, one last thing. Okay. He does say, and we'll hold the Taliban accountable for not allowing Al Qaeda a safe haven. If they do, they will be there will be severe consequences that we'll pursue. What are we gonna send boots back? Well, after you he know? just said he's not going to. Yeah. <laughs> are they just gonna? He's just gonna follow his predecessor or his his president Obama yeah. and just drone bomb them is probably what it'll turn into. Oh yeah. Um. So, like I said, like I started to say, what he says, his reason for pulling withdrawing, seems. Legit. On the right track, right. I guess. If there is a right track. There's no right track in this. But, I mean, at some point, we do got to leave. Right. We can't keep thousands of troops there holding unless we just want to make it the 51st state of <laughs> Afghanistan, <Right. Yeah. laughs> which is so far disconnected from the United States. Yeah, We just can't do that. Um, whether we wanted to make it a democracy that supported the West, we, we saw that wasn't going to work, right? as we see in all these countries we try it in. Yeah. It's just not going to work. Right. But I, the conspiracy side of me thinks that that's not the case here, that um, there's, always, there's always another reason, like right. a, a, a vested interest in any move that's made, whether it's a political move or a, a defense move or a, um, a global like, yeah, right. like foreign policy type move. And we brought we talked about this back when they were talking about withdrawing troops is that potentially what if what if the whole plan 
is there's not enough going on here, and there's not enough U.S. support anymore for keeping troops there. Right. So what if we just pull back enough where everything just goes to shit, and we have, and all of a sudden you get people's support. It's just like, well, look at all this. And, I mean, you're going to get support for the humanitarians. Just like, look how they're mistreating the women. Look how they're uh, killing off the, the people that supported the U.S. Right. Like, you know there's going to be massacres. Right. There's going to be. And uh, so we get the, the humanitarian support. You get the support from the people who had vested military interests, like, New people like I like we we're talking about who served and died over there or who served over there themselves right. and don't want to see this twenty years just go to shit. You pull back just enough to let the shit get just bad enough that you get all that support back to start send, right. spending the money again. Yeah. Because there's not enough support at home now to justify spending the billions of dollars that we're spending there. Right. So pull back enough to gain that support again to send start spending billions more dollars. That's what I predicted what 4 or 5 weeks ago. Yeah. That's what I kind of see this turning into. That's kind of my conspiracy theory about it. Okay. What do you think about that? I I think it's got merit. I mean, it makes sense. We know that the United States likes to be in the Middle East. You know, they like to have vested interest in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would make sense that that is a way that they could generate support and, and budgets are coming up. Right. So yeah. And you know, I mean, nothing makes, you know, a president feel more useful than having a war. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Especially if you go and lose a war, then you got to come right. back in. Yeah, exactly. You gotta have You're going to want to redeem yourself. Yeah. You got to right? have victory. Yeah, exactly. So here's another conspiracy theory about all of this, the Afghanistan in general. And, I never even really thought about this, but this definitely makes sense. This is from LouRockwell.com. This one is going to interest you. This is called Afghanistan and the CIA Heroin Rat Line. Interested already? Yeah, yeah. So, it says the Persian Gulf harbors an array of extremely compromising secrets. Near the top is the Afghanistan or the Afghan heroin rat line, with the United Arab Emirates positioned as the golden node of transnational trillion-dollar heroin money laundering operation. So apparently the UAE has a heroin laundering operation in Afghanistan. Interesting. In the 21st century opium war, crops harvested in Afghanistan are essentially feeding the heroin market not only in Russia and Iran, but especially in the U.S., up to 93% of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan. It says, contrary to predominant Western per- perception, this is not an Afghan-Taliban operation. What I found out during my research and reading that book is the Taliban undid all the poppy fields because they're, com- they're fundamentalists. Right. They're against like alcohol and drugs right. and all that shit. So they wanted to get rid of all that, so they got rid of the opium product. They just, okay. so Interesting. If you ever hear somebody saying, well, the Taliban's making all their money off the opium crop. That's not true at all. The opium yeah. is coming from UAE. Play, well, the, the, the poppies are being funneled through sources, Afghan sources that are not the Taliban. Gotcha. Okay. Even, even when they were in power. It says the key question is, um, who buys the opium harvest, refines it into heroin, controls the export route, 
and then sells them to humongous profit compared sells them for humongous profit compared to what the Taliban have locally imposed in taxes. Says the hegemonic narrative rules that Washington bombed Afghanistan in 2001 in quote unquote self defense after 9 11, installed a democratic quote unquote government, and after 16 years, never de facto left because this is a keynote in the global war on terror against Al Qaeda and Taliban alike. So that's the, the mainstream narrative. Okay. We went there right. post 9 11 in defense and installed a democratic government, and we had to stay there because of our role in the global war on terror. Right, okay. It says Washington spent over $100 billion in Afghan reconstruction and allegedly $8.4 billion in counter-narcotics programs. So $8.4 billion of that $100 billion went to counter-narcotics. Hmm. Operation Enduring Freedom, along with the liberation of Iraq, have cost an astonishing several trillion dollars, and still the heroin rat line out of occupied Afghanistan thrives. An exhaustive Afghanistan opium survey details the steady rise of Afghan opium production as well as the sprawl in production areas. In 2016, opium production had increased by approximately 25 times in relation to its 2001 levels. Hmm. So in 2001, they were producing 185 tons of opium. In 2016, they're producing 4,800 tons of opium. After we spent $8.4 billion on counter-narcotics programs. That's crazy. Supposedly. Yeah, right. Where's that money going? That's a good question. Is it going to the opium? Because well, we know the CIA has a history of trading yeah. narcotics for like different mm-hmm. for different laundering right. things. You got the... The Contra, the Iran Contra affair, mm. was funded by like cocaine out mm. of Columbia. Colombia. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Says uh, another report issued by the delightful acronym SIGAR, Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, even hints discreetly at the crucial connection: Operation Enduring Freedom feeding America's heroin epidemic. Says Afghanistan is infested by contractors. Numbers vary from 10,000 to tens of thousands. Uh, military and ex military alike can be reasonably pinpointed as players in the heroin rat line, hmm. in many cases for per- personal profit. But the clincher concerns the financing of U.S. Intel black ops that should not by any means come under scrutiny by U.S. Congress. Is there a dog barking? Do you hear a dog barking? I thought I heard a dog I barking. I did too. A Gulf-based intel source with vast experience across the Pentagon, designated Arc of Instability, tells the story of his interaction with an Australian intel operative who served in Afghanistan. This was about 2011. Coincidentally, that's about when Obama started ramping things back up in Afghanistan. That's true. He said he gave U.S. Army intelligence and CIA reports on the Afghan heroin trade that U.S. military convoys from the ports of Pakistan were being used to ship heroin out of Afghanistan. Much of it was raw opium for distribution as their backhaul. No one answered. So this Australian intel guy talked to the CIA and said, this is happening with your own people. They didn't do anything about it. So later he cornered them at a meeting CIA agents and intel ops, and asked why no action was taken. The answer was that the goal of the U.S. was winning the hearts and minds of the population and giving them poppies to grow one their hearts. 
So that's how they won them back from the Taliban, who did away with the poppy crops. They made them drug addicts? They just gave them the poppies back to grow, because the profit probably from the poppy. Yeah, interesting. It says he was then warned that if he brought this issue up again, he would be returned to Australia in a body bag. Damn. So I don't know how... um, how legit these sources are. Yeah. But these sources are out there. Then it goes on to say how it, it's definitely a pro-Trump thing and saying how um, he's basically being forced to stay in this, even though he wants to get... I, hmm. I don't... Like I said, I don't know how legit some of the stuff yeah, is, but right. none of it surprises me at all. No. It says, in tradition of the opium wharves of perfidious Albion in the 19th century, in which... Opium paid for tea and silk from India, and the taxes on these silk and tea imports financed the construction of the mighty British Navy, which ruled the seas. The CIA has built itself up into a most powerful agent based on trillion-dollar heroin trade. It is impossible for Trump to overcome it, as he has no allies to tap. So this is saying Trump's hands are tied. I don't know how much I believe that, but that's what this is saying. Yeah. Says past examples abound. The most notorious concerns the Golden Triangle during the Vietnam War. Again, we're comparing it back to Vietnam. Yep. When the CIA imposed a food for opium scheme <laughs> and the Hmong tribesmen from um from Laos, complete with a heroin refinery at the CIA headquarters in northern Laos and the setup of a nefarious Air America to export the opium. Hmm. I never heard of any of that. I I, I have. The whole story was exposed on Professor Alfred McCoy's seminal The Politics of Heroin in the Southeast Asia, which drove interesting seminar. Langley nuts. Yes. A contemporary counterpart would be a recent book by t- Italian journalist Enrico Piovesana detailing the new opium war in Afghanistan. It says uh, the return of Air America, which was that airline that was transporting yeah. them. And there's, there is a movie about this. With Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. Really? called Air America, yeah. Really? This is a Pakistani intel source with vast Pashtun tribal area contacts delves into even more incendiary territory. According to our best information, the CIA has brought in their Al-Qaeda proxies into Afghanistan to justify the additional American troops. Hmm. Interesting. How is that for conspiracy theory? That's pretty good. So the CIA put al-Qaeda in Afghanistan for uh, to justify us going there mm-hmm. to put more troops on the ground which to export more. I mean, opium. CIA had connections within the rebels that fought the Soviet Union, so why not? Yeah, it says, then there's Moscow. Last week, the Russian foreign ministry was adamantly denouncing foreign fighters transferred by unknown helicopters as the perpetrators of a massacre of Hazara Shiites in northern Afghanistan province. It seems that the command of the NATO forces controlling the Afghan sky stubbornly refused to notice these incidents. Mm. Interesting. I didn't hear about that either. I didn't hear about that one. It does not get more serious than that. Moscow denouncing sectors of the U.S.-trained Afghan armed forces side-by-side with NATO engaged in covert ops supporting jihadis. Russian intel has hinted discreetly for quite some time that the U.S. intel is covertly sponsoring Daesh or ISIS in Afghanistan. Hmm. So not only did they bring Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda they there, ISIS. they brought ISIS there to mm-hmm. make us make the need for more troops there. And that brings me kind of back to my conspiracy theory. 
that they don't have the public support to keep putting right. troops there. So you pull them back. Right. And then create a humanitarian crisis. And then we got to send more troops there because um, the the budget's not going to, the, the, the public's not going to support a budget to keep troops on the ground there right. until something arises big enough that, but we got to keep having troops there if we have, if, if this is legit and we right. have this heroin trade there and the troops, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to piss off the people that I know that are military people. I know that not every military person in Afghanistan is heroin, right. trans, transporting heroin. I think it's probably more like the CIA or right. black ops type people. Yeah. But you can't really keep the black ops people there without right. having a reason for the troops right. to be you there. You have to have an objective. Yes. So keep the objective there to keep the heroin trade going. Whether or not this is real or not, it wouldn't surprise me. Do I think that all the U.S. military is doing over there is transporting heroin? Absolutely no, right. not. Yeah, I think the majority of them are just following orders and going right. and fighting the Taliban like right. like they yeah. were told, and securing roads, you know, building schools, whatnot. But yeah, but that would that would give a good reason to why we, after even Al Qaeda left, we still keep this fight against the Taliban, right. who is completely against the opium trade there. Right. Yeah. So maybe they're not even so much against the opium because of Islam and because of like drug abuse and stuff, but maybe they're more against it because of the exploitation of the drug trade there right. by like the Western civilization or Russia or, or whoever is trading it. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the possibilities are endless there. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, thoughts. Yeah. No, I mean, I could definitely see it. Like you said, there's a history there from Vietnam and, and from the Iran Contra. I mean, it would not surprise me if that's would be the the reason why they're trying to push this. I mm -hmm. mean, it it like you said, our objective was was attained, you know, so staying there doesn't make any sense right. unless there is an ulterior objective. Yeah, and whether that objective is just to keep the military industrial complex going right and or to keep the the heroin trade going. Yeah, one or the other, either right. way is a shitty reason to keep them right. there. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe Biden is right, and he's just pulling the troops out, and we're just yeah. going to leave them to their own vices. Right. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think the U.S. is capable of stepping back and watching Afghanistan burn without no. trying no. to get their hands back in it. Yeah. Even if that wasn't the initial goal, hey, we're going to pull out, so it starts back on fire, so we can go back. Even if the goal was, we're just going to pull out as soon as it starts going to shit. Right. We're going to be, like, sitting there itching, like, dude, we got to well, intervene. I mean, just showing the, the footage of the people falling off the plane, yeah. I mean, would get people's cackles going. Right. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, this is horrible. We need yeah. to get there, right? No, you're right. Um, I, Now, did, what did you think of, because I sent you something. Let me read the for you real quick. Got to go quick. We are out of yep. time, so. Okay, so this is a um, this is a tweet that came through for um, he's a, uh, a intelligence guy in in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. it says uh, the latest events in Afghanistan have exposed real nature of DOHA deal, a plan for giving Afghanistan on a platter to Taliban. U.S. has ditched the old set of allies used in the war in the war on terror and has adopted Taliban for the new Cold War. He's talking about China. Okay. For Pakistani generals, it's a dream come true. There weren't two opinions on a responsible withdrawal of foreign troops from Afghanistan, 
But the decimation of state system by foreign-backed invasion has deprived 35 million Afghans from state protection in 21st century and has turned Afghanistan into a magnet for foreign terrorists. Talibanization of Afghanistan Talibanization? is... I yes. didn't know that was a verb. ...is meant to destabilize the region for blocking the Chinese BRI, which is their huge infrastructure deal they're pushing. Okay. China and Russia are very cautious and don't want to take the blame for confrontation. They will change their stance when physically threatened, but there can also be unintended consequences. So, so talking about bringing the Taliban in as allies against China and Russia, <laughs> and, and so flipping again, flipping again, and the destabilizing the, the region so that China cannot implement their BRI through that region. I mean. That is very likely. That might be more likely than wanting to keep the opium trade going. Right. Or maybe it's a little bit of all the above. But... I mean, that wouldn't that man, be a bitch? If we side with the Taliban against China, man, that just... Bear- <laughs> Would it surprise you, though? No. I mean, it, that's our MO. That's what we do. Yeah, So, so then go back through the chain of events again. <laughs> So we sided with Soviet Russia to defeat the Nazis. Yeah. And then we flipped and turned on the Soviet Union. And then there was the whole Cold War, which we fought all throughout Asia. Yeah. Then we sided with the future Taliban, the Mujahideen, Mm -hmm. to fight the Soviets. Yes. Pushed the Soviets out. And then we flipped on the Taliban. Yes. And... Push them with out. ex-Soviets yes. to push the Taliban out. Yes. And then we flip again to join the Taliban to, join the Taliban to fight, to the, fight Chinese the Chinese and the Russians. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're going to yeah, need it, one of those boards with strings all over the place. To... And then you, that doesn't even include the things that Pakistan's doing with oh, playing absolutely. both sides. Absolutely. And like funding the Taliban to fight the U.S., but then oh, and siding I, with the U.S. to fight yeah. the Taliban. And I can see Pakistan teaming up with China to take out the Taliban, but then... But supporting Taliban in the again. process <laughs> exactly. to keep Russia from invading Pakistan. Exactly. Isn't that a bitch? <laughs> oh, God. We laugh to I keep know. from crying. Yeah, And that it's true. It's true. It is such, it is such a clusterfuck, and it, it's such a dark view of the world to say think that this is the way things are done but this is the way things are done mm, it is and there's no well, there's i mean no optimism no i this. i mean 100 tr- billion dollars and 172,000 lives is a small price to pay to keep communist china well, from it was, trillion, it was like 3 trillion dollars it was like 6 trillion it was it 6 trillion okay well six, between the two wars yeah. iraq and afghanistan oh, okay. 6 trillion dollars by the time interest kicked in in okay. 2050 right Six trillion dollars and one hundred seventy thousand lives. Yeah, so far. That yeah, we so know far. Of. So far, right? That doesn't include this last week. And I'm that sure. doesn't include probably undocumented deaths in Afghanistan. Right. Yeah, the the graves nobody stumbled. Yeah, around. exactly. Yeah. So I guess that brings me back to the question: <laughs> Should we have gone? No, in the first place. No, no, not even to get the, Osama bin Laden. No, because there was smaller ways. There, there was. More efficient ways to strike at Osama bin Laden than than a mass invasion of a country that he's not even in, mm-hmm. right? Right. I, I mean, mean they, we have. I mean, ultimately, when we killed him, how many people killed him? How many people were involved in that raid that killed him? Oh gosh, there was two SEAL teams. Yeah, it was like so, a dozen people, maybe. Yeah, at least. 
So yeah. we couldn't have just sent in black ops troops to like. Well, and that's it, right? Or or follow drone, the intel. drone strike the house. Yeah, follow you know. the intel around. Yeah. For a couple years. I mean, it took 10 years to fucking try. That's yeah. if you subscribe to the fact that we actually killed him in 2011. Right. I have a feeling he was dead before, yeah. and Obama needed to win, so we fabricated right. this. It, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Because, I mean, who doesn't show any kind of proof that we killed this guy? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. You get the guy, and he's, oh, we buried him at sea as a re- sign of respect. Yes. Sure. So, even if, so if we took him out then, we took him out with, like, a dozen people. Mm-hmm. We could have tracked him with Intel for the 10-plus years mm-hmm. for a fraction of the budget, a fraction say, of the yeah. amount of lives lost, and taken him out with a dozen people, Yeah, not lost all the people, not killed and blown up a bunch of people. I guess, do you, do you leave the Taliban in place over it, ruling over Afghanistan? Do you just... I mean, I mean, from from what point of view? I mean, are you asking? <laughs> I, from your point of view, do we go in and wipe them out, or do we just let the country be and let them decide? Because that's ultimately what we're doing anyway, yeah, right? And no, I unless people are going would have died because now, like we said, one hundred seventy thousand people dead. That's not even counting the people that are going to die at the hands of the Taliban yeah. now for betraying them. Right, right. I, I think America has responsibility to the people that that cite it with them to get them out of the country, which are the SIVs, which I think they said there was 3,000 people involved in that, that they're trying to get out of the country. I think I think there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people killed. Oh, I agree. I agree. In this, when this is all said and done. Yeah. That's what I think. No, I agree. I think we shouldn't have gone there at all. No, we shouldn't have. We, we, we made the situation so much worse. I think we should have just let their culture be their culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As shitty as it is, yeah, it, it, it's just like we can't police everyone. No, we can't. And uh, like you said, you know, there's human rights violations in half the country, probably more than half the countries around yeah. the world. Yeah, and and the United States cannot be there for each and every country that violates human rights. Hell, the, the we fucking- can put sanctions on them. That's oh, yeah. fine. Right, we can put sanctions on we them. We do that with China. We right. do that with Russia we, for human rights right. violations. We, we don't can put all kinds of pressure on them, but you don't put you don't put troops on the ground. You mm-hmm. don't send troops. You don't invade a country because of it. Right. right? Unless there's like maybe like genocide going right. on. Right. Yeah, that's a completely different thing. But I don't think that was the case here. No. No. It wasn't. It wasn't really even like a lot of massacring and murders until the Taliban came back in after mm-hmm. we pulled out to Iraq. The Taliban came back in and was like, y'all are siding with the U.S. here. Slit your yeah. throat. You're dead because you're the enemy now. Right. That wasn't the case before. Yeah. Yes, there was, it was brutal, very fundamental, Islamic, but yeah, I think they're worse off now. Right. Much no, they absolutely off. are. They are. Because you have... Not only do you have the thousands of people that sided with the United States, right... Again, you have people that have lived the last 20 years, 15 years, we'll say 15 years, sorry, last 15 years in a in a world where they could get whatever jobs they wanted, right? You had women in jobs that they can't hold now. Mm-hmm. I read an article about how the Taliban was... You know, taking women out of their offices and stuff, and and right. you know, throwing them out on the street because they can't be there now. You know, you you, you know, women, girls can't be in school now. Right. You know, I mean, so you you've completely, uh, 
taken that and, and ripped it out of their hands. And it, it's because we were there. Now, again, to say, like, okay, may, maybe somebody is inspired. Maybe someone from this next generation is like, you know, I want that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to fight for it. And that's on them, though. Yeah. That's on them. That's not something that the United States can be like, okay, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll throw a couple dirty bombs your way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's it's just a, it's a city, shitty situation. We never should have been there. We can't interfere with people's way of life. Right. And, and, and that's, that is what America has done to battle communism and make the world safer democracy for the last hundred years. Yeah. Uh, keep fueling this military-industrial complex, this heroin trade, whatever it is that we're fueling, making money off of it. You said what stocks in... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I read an article over break where uh, stocks in, in the defense, in defense companies... If you um, paid like ten thousand in stocks at the beginning in two thousand one. Yeah, and now they're worth a hundred thousand yeah. dollars a piece. So th- that's the amount of profit that was made yeah. off of this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We got to get out of here. We are well yes. over our time. There's no happy ending to this. There's because not. It, it, it it's is like a, the war. It's an an inevitable unhappy yeah. ending. So this show is going to be an right. inevitable <laughs> unhappy ending. Yeah, it's like they say. You know, there's no such thing as is is non-wounded when it comes to someone going to war. Yep. Everybody comes back wounded. Yep. The the whole fucking country has a scar on it from this last 20 years. I yes, it's a tragedy for the troops, it's a tragedy for those that have lost, it's a tragedy for this country for the money that's spent and the the people that they lost. But it's a tragedy for Afghanistan. Absolutely. And it's a tragedy that we forced on them. Mm-hmm. And we didn't need to. We did it because Bush I don't know. Well, that's why I added those clips at the end of that first video that was like, we didn't ask for this. Right. We didn't. This came to us. Yeah, which is complete bullshit. And which, if, yeah, with 9-11, yeah, we didn't ask for that. It did kind of come. The Afghan people didn't ask for that. Right. It came to them. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Only a hundred thousand times worse. And, and, you know, and yeah, exactly. They didn't ask for it. It was brought to their doorstep, yeah. and 170,000, mostly Afghanis, mostly civilians, lost their lives, lost their homes, lost everything in this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but it, it's a shitty situation, and we're to blame for it. Yeah. Let's get out of here, Bill. Yeah. Sorry for the... Can we end on a... Uh, is there something happy, happy now? We can... Maybe I should have played that Biden video of him at like sticking end. his foot in his yeah. mouth at the end. Because yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Because he definitely stuck his foot in his mouth. Yeah. We're going to get out of here. Make sure you check us out for the weekend wrap-up at the end of the week. Um, we will keep you updated on this, I guess, if this progresses. Which yeah. Is, we'll keep an eye it, on it. It will sure. definitely progress. Yeah. We'll probably just forget about it because that's what Americans do. Um Check us out next week for the live edition. Same time, 7 Central Standard Time, every Monday. It'll live. have a happier ending. Hopefully. This is why we need to do the the um, the, uh, the 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 Patriot. The, what did we, uh, the Party Line Patriots. Yeah, yeah. This is why we do Party Line Patriots, so we can end it on a happy note. We do. We do. Sorry. I should have done that. That's okay. Next time. Next time. Go think happy thoughts. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your week. Share the shit around all over so- social media. And once again, never stop talking. Never stop talking. Have a great rest of your week. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. 
So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.